0: Welcome to School of Movies. Wonder Woman.
1: What is this place? Who are you people?
2: We are the bridge to a greater understanding. Right. What is your mission?
3: Well, here's the thing.
1: You are in more danger than you think. The boys in the trenches called her Dr. Poison. Millions would die.
4: The war would never end.
2: I'm going, Mother. If you choose to leave, you may never return. Who will I be if I stay? to to
1: To the war. Well, technically the war is that way, but we gotta go this way first
5: fighting this
4: who is this young woman
1: she's my um, and um
2: diana princess of the
1: prince diana prince believe that this war should stop. Help me stop it right now.
2: What are you? You will soon find out.
0: An IMAX 3D June 2nd. I'm trying mm. to remember, have I have I had both of you two on at the same time before? Was it...
6: Um... I think so, but I don't remember what we were both on for. Well, yeah, I, you were on the I,
5: Jessica I, Jones show, were you? I...
6: Was I on the Jessica Jones uh, show? Laura
5: was on the you Jessica were Jones Laura. show. I Bob, was. Wasn't.
0: Bob was on the seven most important superheroes, but Laura wasn't.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I know I've done something with Bob at some point.
0: (laughs) Well, either way, this is a powerhouse of a podcast. that's going to make a lot of people happy. So thank you so much, both of you, for coming on. (laughs) So this is School of Movies, and we are talking about Wonder Woman. We're back to the DC extended universe, and things are very different this time around. While Man of Steel was a largely mixed bag for us, and Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad were flaming dumpster fires, at least in our takes on them... If you liked Suicide Squad or Batman v Superman, that's fine. It's okay to like a movie. But this time around, the film is straight up. Empirically speaking, great. Yeah. We, <laughs> we are here tonight to talk about the how and the why that actually somehow happened. And our guests are Bob Chipman of Geek.com and other places. Hello again, Bob, and welcome back. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming back on. And welcome back as well to Laura Kate Dale of Let's Play Video and again other places. Hello Laura.
6: Thank you for having me, it's been way too long. It has.
0: Right, so let's go straight in there. Just boom, straight to the uh, the meat of this thing. Um, why is this film Wonder Woman significant? I mean, it's it's it seems like an obvious answer, but there's there's quite a lot to this, so um, I'm going to throw this one out there. Anyone can can go for it.
6: I I think the the thing that stood out to me as significant, walking out of this film, was that DC up until this point with their their movie universe has been very one-track mind they have been solely focused on we need to get to the giant crossover movie because we need our version of the avengers and Mm. we need to get there in as few films as we can um we are the grim dark superhero people so let's just make grim dark superhero films until we get to our crossover and that'll be fine and that's you know, there was there was a real level of transparency that that's what they were trying to do with films like Batman vs. Superman, their Suicide Squad. They were just trying to jump to their ensemble movies. This felt like a DC movie that was happy to just be the movie it was and to not force itself to be overly dark, to not force itself to be rushing towards, you know, uh, Justice League or whatever it is. It was just... a a, a dc movie working towards its own goals and that feels that shouldn't be as rare as it is or as surprising but (laughs) it was oddly pleasant to see a film that was just like oh we're going to we're going to use this film to further our internal narrative goals for this character rather than just using them as a vehicle to wedge all the characters together for when we do justice league Mm.
5: Yeah, it, it did bring in as well a, um, as you say, Laura, they've been pretty one track in terms of the uh, the theme of the movie being a, a big, tough gentleman who hits things really hard and then <laughs> feels bad about it, uh, but has a very good reason to do it, so then goes back and does it again. Um, and I think diverging from that, um, even slightly, <laughs> was a good thing. <laughs> It, it was nice. It was nice to see DC
6: have a superhero movie where they allowed themselves to have multiple emotional tones throughout the film.
5: Yes, sometimes it was more than one yeah. in the same character, which is quite <laughs> impressive.
6: Yeah, like you know, it was because you know Batman vs Superman is just gonna punch things hard because we've got reasons and feelings. Oh no, we both have moms called Martha. Uh Suicide Squad was we're evil, but we're also being evil to pop music and flashy neon lights. Most like, <laughs> of those films you can summarize in like one sentence that was this was the visual and tonal themes. I would be much more hard pressed to sum up Wonder Woman that way. Mm. And that's a good thing.
4: <laughs> yeah, I can I can agree with that. I I it is the most different thing that they've uh, they've done so far, and it is it does feel like more of a complete movie you know there's like there's multiple tones there's there are like arcs there's a coherent three act structure that happens it it doesn't feel like the entire movie is one protracted like you know hitting one tone for the whole movie like literally one chord like for like the entire film yeah right exactly
6: I can actually remember what happened in this film. I can break down multiple acts of, like, this happened and then they went to this different setting and had this different dynamic. And I can plot out multiple things that happened during the film rather than it just being one big blur of,
5: ah, here's what the film is. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, I think, the the very obvious um, point of significance, which is this is the first mega-budget female superhero. And... It's doing very well. And that has We're recording
0: this on a Saturday, so it's literally only yeah. been officially out for they a have, day or they so. They
5: have now. posted some figures. I checked Box Office Mojo this afternoon and um it's currently around about the eighty-six million mark mm. foreign and domestic.
6: That that is really reassuring that it's that high already, mm-hmm. considering um I, I was amazed when I heard this statistic. Of all the movies ever made with a hundred million dollar or more budget. This is the first one ever with a female director. And I am so, so glad that it is looking to make its money back very quickly. And that it is being critically well received. Because last time, like, even putting the budget aside, last time we got, like, big cinema, female-fronted superhero films... Was about a decade ago, mm. and they did not perform well financially or critically, and we got they no more. We we didn't get any for a decade. To the point that, like, even with um with Marvel's cinematic boom and the fact they're making all the money, they still haven't released a superhero film with a female hero as the solo protagonist.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
6: I think the sting of a decade ago with like yeah, Elektra and Catwoman's etc. is is still very much there, so I'm I'm very glad this is doing
5: well. Yeah, I mean, that said, I think, in all honesty, Marvel have had Captain Marvel on the slate for a little while. Um, yes, there's a lot in the whole, oh, female superhero movies don't make money, and blah, blah, blah. I'd like to think, even if Wonder Woman hadn't um, turned out fantastic and be looking to make all the dollars um that marvel mm. would not pull captain marvel or, or mm, push no. it back or anything like that
6: i, um, I don't I th- think i don't think that marvel would push it back but i could see dc deciding not to do not more to do of these. yeah
5: yeah and it, in a way it's really unfair that it has this much weight hanging on it but we knew that was going to be the case yeah well
6: it's if someone made the really good point recently that like Batman the uh, Batman and Superman have been able to have multiple mediocre to mm. bad films mm. in a row, and they still get sequels, but there is no way Wonder Woman with either poor critical or commercial success would have ever had a sequel.
4: I, I do think it's it's interesting that we've at a certain point the like the, the firsts of this whole genre and period, they they start to like run together. Like this one, it really does feel like a big deal because it's okay. It's Wonder Woman. It's the one female superhero everyone knows. Uh, it's you know. It, it's she gets. She had appeared previously in one of the movies, but this is the first time they've ever done one of these as a feature. If you're not counting that thing with I think Kathy Rigby, Kathy Crosby. Was that the one uh, that was a bit like
0: Happy Days? I forget. Oh no! Hang on! Hang on! No, I know the one that where she's not even got the costume.
4: Yeah, she's that's on. the one. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was Kathy Lee Crosby in in that one. And, uh, you know, but, like, for a while, it's, the thing is, there have been, uh, you know, female-fronted action movies and doing quite well for several decades. In fact, from about the very end of the 90s on, you know, one of the ways, like, like the, the archetypal stereotype of, like, a, a B-grade uh, Western-produced action film was... A uh, you know a low budget genre movie with a lot of CGI and a female action lead who was there to either you know shoot stuff up or or be gawked at because you had like the you know like you had leading on from Baywatch on and Xena on TV jumped off into Charlie's Angels of the movies and then we had a solid decade of Resident Evil, Underworld, Barbwire, Wire, uh, you know Electra and Catwoman you know it was a lot of uh, I, whether or not you want to call those superhero movies, other than Electric and Catwoman, which of course are, you know, it's uh, the, the 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 degree to which these are our firsts or whatnot in, in industry speak is very interesting to parse out.
0: I think I want to call it um, one of the first. Okay, female led. Com- I'm I'm riffing here off of just nothing here. I haven't prepared <laughs> this, uh, and so I, I will need your help to re-sculpt this statement. But uh, that might be one of the remits of this podcast. First female-led comic book superhero movie made with the remit of Let's Make This One Great. Because that yes. was not the remit for mm. Supergirl, that was not the remit for Electra, that was not the remit for Catwoman. These were mismanaged projects. Mm. With Resident Evil, it was let's make a kick-ass Resident Evil, like, out, my, Paul W.S. Anderson version of these games. With Underworld, it was like, you know, this guy's got this, like, Kevin, what's his name, got this underground comic, and I want to make this werewolves versus vampires, and hey, we've got this, like, gun-toting chick, and we'll make that the the aesthetic for this. Barbed wire, obviously, it's, don't call me, but in fact... Maybe the only other one that I can think of, she's not even really a superhero, but we saw for the first time ever last last year, or maybe the year before, Tank Girl. Mm,
5: I was oh, yeah, yeah.
0: That was made very much with, it. maybe not like, let's make this great, but like made with a sensibility of, I love this character, Absolutely. I want to make this character mm. yeah, like beloved by the, the, the audience, and it's twisted and weird and punky. But it totally achieves what Tank Girl set out to do. And, of course, flop, because that's a very niche audience you can appeal to.
5: Absolutely. And for all that people were very much, you know, Tank Girl is no good as a movie, it really made me want to see more Rachel Tulele stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm.
5: Mm. I think think what
6: stands out about um, Wonder Woman to me, compared to some of the, the recent DC films, is that because Superman and Batman... That they've, they've been in the cultural consciousness in a recent fashion to enough of a degree that I think DC felt that to some degree they could just coast on those those brand names. Oh, yes. There was a certain degree of, we can put out a thing where these two characters punch each other a bit <laughs> and it will sell very well and we will make our money whereas I, I suspect to some degree it's they couldn't necessarily rely on that the same way with Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and maybe that's why it's better is because they felt it needed to be better to sell am well, I maybe reading too much into that? I do, I it, think- the
0: fact that she's female is huge because uh, it, it meant that uh, specifically that they got Patty Jenkins involved this heavily she, she basically had 51% of the population and every right-minded member of the other 49 percent uh, eyes on her going okay better not screw this one up i mean imagine the pressure
5: <laughs> <laughs> indeed quite extreme um i think as well the um uh, the the fact that everybody had such high expectations it, it does carry that weight of you better be the most qualified mm. um superhero movie we've seen yet <laughs> um <laughs>
0: DC have had this horribly self fulfilling prophecy for years now, since the first Batman movie came out. Um, they have shied away from doing a Wonder Woman movie because her brand isn't recognized enough. People don't know who Wonder Woman is. They, 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 they gave that as the reason every time, and, and that's the. <sighs> That's when you do the Wonder Woman animated series and you suck up the fact that it won't get the same ratings as Batman animated series. That's when you make Wonder Woman, if she's not... Like, she already is a household name. That's the thing. Despite their efforts to say, oh, Wonder Woman's not recognized enough, everyone knows who the hell Wonder Woman is. It's despite DC's efforts, not because of them.
4: Well, they know they know what she looks like and they have a vague sense that this character Bingo. exists. yes. But- you know, go go out on onto the uh, this this has been and like I I have no defense of you know not making this movie many times before because I mean good lord Green Lantern had a movie Ant Man had a movie we we can go right down the list it's always been DC has been in this for a company not like a in a sympathetic sense but in a you understand why this is what it is kind of bind yeah. dealing with this character in that Wonder Woman in the comics is effing bizarre. You know, <laughs> the or, her origin story is bizarre, her rogues gallery is is bizarre to the extent that you can call it one. You know, the, the inception of why this property exists in the first place is strange. Like, this is the only comic book character Like the mainstream known where if you did like a TV special on, hey, this is, you know, the fun story of how this character was created, you'd have to put like a TV-14 rating on it Mm -hmm. to explain who the, you know, who who were the people who incepted this character Mm -hmm. and under what circumstances. (laughs) And, And that has bled into... The, uh, the earliest parts of the book, so they've always had this character who, because of when she came out, is the female character who's as well-known as Superman, that they have constantly struggled to make the comic sell after the 1950s or so, to... Like the, the best advertisement they ever had for this was the Linda Carter TV show mm-hmm. because it kind of breezed through the origin and all of the weird stuff and just said, no, okay, look, she's pretty and she fights things and, and it's World War II, so there's Nazis just, you know, and uh, if you want to know about where she came, was like, so where'd she come from? What's the idea of this? Who thought all of this stuff? They're just like, ah, well, geez, hey, look, lasso, that's fun, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen carefully to the lyrics on this next one. Mission accomplished, I think, for capturing pretty much all of that in the new movie. Now, we always like to introduce you to the comic book origins of the characters, and Bob has already done that in a video he entitled All the World is Waiting, and I'm going to play a big chunk of that right now.
4: Wonder Woman was created in 1941 by, believe it or not, a Harvard Ph.D. psychologist named William Moulton Marston. You may have heard of him as he also invented the polygraph lie detector, a distinction he shared with his wife Elizabeth Holloway. Something else they shared? Olive Byrne. Why, hello, Polly. Have you met my friend Emery? Keep in mind, this was the 1930s. So, yeah, in addition to a father who was one part young, one part Tesla, and two parts Heth, Wonder Woman had two mommies. In any case, it wasn't just Marston's lifestyle that was highly unconventional, to say nothing of light years ahead of his time. He also espoused theories on gender and feminine psychology that were so radical, Daria would go, DAMN! He developed said theories in the 1920s, when he'd done famous studies on all-female communities. Translation: He observed the rituals and private behaviors of sorority sisters. And yes, that was his job. In short, Marston believed that women were actually the superior human gender, and that the only thing keeping them from dominance was the sheer volume of labor involved in child-rearing and domestic work. Hey, I said he was radical. I didn't say he was entirely enlightened. But because he foresaw the technological advances of the modern age, making that workload much smaller, Marston theorized that within a few short generations, women would use their newfound free time to study, achieve, and take up their rightful place as rulers of the Earth, which he felt was for the best. And now you're no longer wondering, how'd he pull that off? He also passionately argued on behalf of comic books as a legitimate literary form, apparently because he wasn't already cool enough. This landed him a job with what would eventually become DC Comics, and when offered the chance to create his own hero, he and the Mrs. and the Mrs. opted to give the world a mythic ideal of the new liberated woman, with Elizabeth inspiring her attitude and Olive inspiring her appearance. The origin story was a doozy. Remember the legend of Hercules conquering the Amazons? Well, in Marston's new version, Herc was a surly, macho jerkass who turned the Amazons into, uh, servants. They eventually rebelled and fled to a secret island where they could live as immortals and all men were banned. And to make sure they never forgot why men weren't allowed on the island, they all kept wearing the big-ass bracelets Herc used to keep them chained up. Yeah, that's what's going on there. But then an American fighter pilot crash-landed on the island during World War II and tells them all about these big new bad guys called Nazis, deciding that the Nazis are the new incarnation of the hypermasculine barbarianism they'd always hated and that, I am not making this up, America, home of Rosie the Riveter and suffrage, is the last great hope for women's equality, I know... I know, they decide to send an Amazon champion to man's world to fight alongside the Allies. The Queen's daughter, Princess Diana, gets the job and a bunch of superpowers, weapons, and vehicles, and ta-da, Wonder Woman. Yeah, now try and tell me there isn't a good movie in that. Marston spent the last six years of his life writing the first wave of Wonder Woman stories, all of which used familiar superhero formula to drive home his broader points about female empowerment and the need for women to break the restraints of conventional gender roles. Emphasis on the restraints part. Yeah, so along with the radical feminism and implicit lesbianism, the early Wonder Woman books were also a one-stop clearinghouse for bondage, 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 and even more bondage. Like I said, interesting fellow. (laughs) Obviously, if this was like a male hero that had the same issues with it, these would not be issues. They'd just find a way around it. You know, no one needs Mm. to hear about Ayn Rand when they're talking about Spider Man.
2: Mm. But,
4: uh, (laughs) you know, but it's an odd pickle that they've been in for a while of trying to figure out how to use this character who is very useful for them as an icon, but as a character of lore and depth and mythos, is almost non-functional it's it's almost similar to the uh the captain marvel business where they have this the 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 dc captain marvel where they have this wonderful character who has the coolest background and everything and you know he's a little kid but he turns into basically superman why haven't they done anything with that well for starters we're not allowed to call him by his name because of (laughs) stuff. so it's it's an unusual circle i don't envy any everyone who has tried to finally figure out a way to to, to get this into a manageable form. Yeah. It doesn't the, surprise me that it's the
6: took solution it the solution to the problem turned out to be really simple, which is make a really good movie yeah. from I a <laughs> Yeah, like, take what a company a whose movies are critically panned and make a really good movie, and people will like the property that you make a good movie out of. Mm.
0: We were watching Supergirl again the other day, and it just occurred to me that, like, Superman 3, I uh, do not love that movie. But if they'd made Superman 3 the introduction to Supergirl, and then given her a spin-off movie, like, that's the way... Like, It's another. It's not my perfect way of doing it because ultimately the way Marvel have done, like they didn't need to introduce the Guardians of the Galaxy in Thor, although technically they did introduce the Guardians of the Galaxy in Thor too, kind of. You know, the fact that Wonder Woman's first actual big screen appearance was like as a support character in a, a movie where the two most famous boys hit each other was galling. But it may have helped her here to, to get some traction as opposed to just, you know, throwing her in blind. Um, I personally would go the Marvel route of, of uh, Kevin Feige claims every single one of these characters could carry their own movie. Um mm the fact that there's an abundance now of sort of, uh, of third fourth fifth tier marvel characters getting their own tv spin-offs suggests that that also extends to tv. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think
5: mean, DC are only just getting their heads around the idea that they they can allow a movie to hang on somebody other than batman or superman.
0: The thing that made it really galling over the past couple of years, though, is because you twin the fact that DC were like, well, we don't know these characters, so we can't introduce them. When they did introduce them, because they're leaning so heavily on Batman... They Batman them up. So we, I mentioned back when we did Batman v Superman that um, Superman was like basically Batman in that film, and so Batman had to be double Batman. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, he looks like a... Batman ate Batman.
5: <laughs> also, that's a completely circular argument. We can't introduce this character because nobody knows them, and nobody knows this character because, because we, we can't, can't introduce, introduce them. them.
2: Yeah.
5: <sighs> oh, I think yeah. I
6: think so. So much of DC's problem does just boil down to. They saw how well the Avengers did. They wanted their Avengers quickly, so their mm-hmm. shortcut idea was: let's use Batman and Superman to get people to know the other heroes, yeah. because then we can do movies about them. It's like no, you ha- people have to care about them in the crossover, like as characters, before they'll care about them in the crossovers. Bingo! Mm-hmm. You can't just do the crossover and hope that will make people care about the standalone film. I don't care about this Wonder Woman movie because Wonder Woman turned up for three minutes to punch stuff in Batman vs. Superman. Mm. I'd have cared a lot more about her cameo in Batman vs. Superman if she'd had this movie first.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I have to wonder, you know, is like, and this is purely hypothetical because there, but in the structure of Batman v Superman, the way that her character is used in there, it seems, at least to me, very clear that that was supposed to be a surprise. Yeah. You know, that we, we have this unusual person sort of wandering throughout the movie who flirts with Batman, and then at the very end of the... Like, plot-wise, it doesn't make sense. If she's here to stop whatever is happening, we would have seen her do stuff before then. Yeah you know yeah, well
6: but she she was in every trailer though yes <laughs> well, that, but that's that, like,
4: yes. they bottled the on the of a idea bunch of that of the
6: trailers was wonder woman's going to turn up at some yeah. point like i think she might have been on some of the posters
4: she was. she was and and it, as it got toward it it i mean they delayed that movie for like a full year like they had the big announcement at comic con before they would shot the movie mm. you know b- before they just dis- before they made the movie of you know having the shot that they'd pre vised of Ben Affleck standing next to the bat signal with Superman up in the cloud to tell everyone, to get everyone hyped about it, and then they immediately delayed it for like a year. And I I mean, these things take forever to make, especially something like that, where it looks like 90% of it had to be pre vised but it, it would not surprise me. To, like, the way it's laid out, it feels like, they wanted to sell and say, okay, here's Batman, these are men, and then have her turn up at the very end mm-hmm. and have that be the thing. Everyone walked out of the theater going, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. Wow, mm-hmm. what a shock. And then they felt like they probably under studio pressure had to put her in all of the advertising because then the very ne- – like the year after that when they took it to Comic-Con when the movie was half finished and uh, brought up, then she was all over the advertising – and it seems like they, like you said, they were in such a rush to get to the Avengers. I have to wonder if this would not have been an even bigger deal if, even though everyone would still have hated that movie, if they'd all come out going, holy shit, what a surprise. I can't believe that was there. Um, uh, One of the contributing
0: factors might have been uh, Marvel uh, putting Civil War out and announcing that Captain America 3 was not going to be Serpent Society, but in fact civil war um because then like everybody who knows comics knows oh my god iron man's going to be in the next captain america these guys are going to clash that means there's going to be as many superheroes as they can muster together and that was exactly how it finally turned out and it was amazing um so that kind of forced dc's hand to go well we've got wonder woman how did you like them
4: apples maybe maybe that was the thing well and it's 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 the first really good like at this point, I don't blame them for putting all over everything, and I don't blame them on for you know fast tracking this because this was not only a movie people have been waiting for. This is really the first chance that, to the degree that there is a a rivalry quote unquote between these two studios and everything, which is kind of goofy, like mm. it's it's fanboy stuff that's more it, it exists more in the fan culture's head than it does in real life. Yeah, but this is the first opportunity that Warner Brothers has had to do. Any Like, even if the Wonder Woman movie comes out and it's just – like, if it comes out and it's Ghostbusters and it's just, oh, hey, that's okay. You know, this isn't this, – this is not terrible. This is, like, a decent-ish movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, would, uh, they would still be able to say, hey, we got this out before Captain Marvel. Marvel's had, like, you know, nine movies and they've never had a woman. And uh, now we – like, this was the first opportunity where just by existing – they were going to get the free press of, "Hey, you got out ahead of the other guys for a change."
2: Yeah,
0: there was a long search for a, a female director as well. well. They were they were right to um, to actually press for that rather than to like wasn't there? There was a woman who was who had worked on Game of Thrones, wasn't there? Who was in the running for a while and then had to drop out.
4: Michelle McLaren was directing the movie and then had to leave for um, undisclosed differences. Gotcha.
0: Okay um well either way patty jenkins i've not seen monster before i'm totally going to now mm. i mean if nothing else carly Theron got an oscar for her performance and carly steron has since around oh, i don't know 2015 suddenly shot to the top of my favorite females list <laughs> but um okay that's why the film is significant that's point one on my list of bullet points we've done 27 minutes on that so let's talk <laughs> about wonder woman the film itself uh, first off, the look of the film. How, uh, just briefly, how is this different from, say, I don't know, Man of Steel or Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad?
5: I can see colours! <laughs> n-
6: n- not only were there colours, there were multiple different colour palettes. <laughs> like, it was it had lots of, sometimes. You had like, yeah, you had lots of colour, then a different set of colours, then a different set of colours. Mm-hmm. So many colours.
0: The sea was blue. The sky was blue. The, the the grass was green. The sand was yellow. You know, just it looked like I don't know the world, as opposed yeah. to a toilet scene through the from the inside of the toilet.
6: But like even when they were like, here we are in the trenches in in the war, mm. there was still colour. Like it wasn't all just washed out and over like oversaturated. So you did like everything. It, it looked there were
4: colours. There were proper colours there's a very conscious use of high contrast colors versus more naturalistic stuff to denote the, the supernatural mythological business and the real world business. Mm. You know, there's a lot like, you know, Fet looks like Hawaii on a clear day. You know, it's like you know, impossibly blue skies. You know, the, the the perfect water and everything. And then immediately beyond it, it just looks like you know, the ocean on an overcast day. World War One looks looks drab, and then she looks very like she pops in the middle of it, which is a a very smart understanding of what you can do with digital color grading, all that business at the end uh you know it looks again like uh, like a traditional war movie until what shows up shows up and then suddenly it's uh we're we're in almost a Zack Snyder movie
6: and even, yes. like, the, the the thing that stood out to me most in terms of colours was the outfit. Mm. Her outfit was not a washed-out coloured version. Like, you look at, say, Superman's outfit in Batman vs. Superman. It or Wonder was Woman's technic- outfit
0: in Batman vs. Superman.
6: Well, actually, yeah, that's a really good point. Like, there were technically shades of red and blue, but they were both very much on the grey and black end mm. of red and blue colours. But here it it's like, no, like this is... Bronze. Yeah, here this is unabashedly. There are reds and blues and colours.
5: Yeah, I think that part of it was, part of what was so striking about it was that it really has that feel that, in a in a world of war and um, and dull and dismal misery where everybody's terrified and everybody's miserable, um, superheroes glow. That's what they're meant hmm. to do, and. It, uh, until now in this particular franchise they haven't really yeah, um so it was, meant it was to be the, really cool to see that
6: they're meant to be the bright ray of light that pops in and just like draws all the attention it's like you are you know you're the bright hope here mm. whereas previously they've been we are the dark monsters that i guess are going to save you but we're also going to make you afraid
0: If you uh, search on Google Images, there are people who have recolored the original um, appearances of uh, Wonder Woman in BVS, and it's like, just looking at, you can see these two pictures side by side, and the colors suddenly popping. Sharon, um, this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but you pointed out the difference between Marvel movies and DC movies, and this is still in keeping with the previous movies, um, how... Their heroes are put across. Yeah, well, the, the, I mean, this
5: about. is this is something that I always kind of felt about uh, DC and Marvel comics, and it's one of the reasons I think why um you know some people are more drawn to marvel stories and some people are more drawn to dc stories but the 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 fundamental difference between the the superhero characters to me seems to be the the difference between uh mythological heroes on the marvel side so people who are very much human and Mm -hmm. very flawed and uh, very much on the same level as the people around them that they go out of their way to to save and to protect. And on the DC side, they're gods. They come Mm. from outside our world. They have come to our world to do good things and to protect people, but there's always been this sense of distance. And I I think what I was trying to put my finger on with the difference between the movies was that it's not so much that – it's not so much that Marvel movies have more heart, certainly not now, certainly not with, with Wonder Woman, but they have more warmth. They seem a little closer. Does that make sense?
6: Yeah, I, I think that like the times that I most enjoy DC stories are when these gods are having to deal with human-relatable moments, and that happens far too rarely in DC's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, if, if I'm looking at, say, uh, Superman as a character... There's a couple of particular stories in which he deals with like hey here's someone who's say suicidal for example and this is not a problem that you can fix by just oh no i flew up and got the person and brought them down that fixes the problem yeah and those are the things that i really like with dc storytelling is when they take someone who has all these magical powers and they can't or shouldn't use those powers to fix the situation and I really like some of those moments in, in Wonder Woman. Like there, there are moments when she first turns up at the, the war front and it's like, you can't, I, I know you want to stop and help these people in need, but you can't, this is like, you can't help everyone. Like those are the moments that were really warming about Wonder Woman to me, where it's like, it's yeah, you may be a God, but you're going to have to deal with human problems and have relatable human responses to those problems. And that's nice, Like, there's been a lack of that in d c s films
5: yeah
4: there's a a famous quote, and it it's one of those quotes that's famous enough that you from the life you can't find who it's supposed to be attributed to <laughs> from from sort of like the you know the the comic convention circuit where someone trying to sum up the difference between the d c and Marvel heroes in their you know in their in their original form in the material and someone said the main theme of marvel is men have trouble being gods and the problem in dc's is gods have trouble being men nice yes. i
6: like that yeah.
4: yeah i wish i knew who said it <laughs> It's good
6: thank you mysterious quote attributee <laughs>
0: the uh, costumes and the locations obviously all played into the look of this and uh, fantastic it felt a little bit somewhere between Lord of the Rings and Gladiator at times just in terms of just how these sort of beautiful furs and leathers and bronze and and metals yeah, Connie Nielsen the fact that like, (laughs) Connie Nielsen is Wonder Woman's mum and Maximus is Superman's dad
5: oh my god (laughs) they have a massive
0: (laughs) boner for Gladiator (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that is nothing to when you consider that Steve Trevor's biological father in Star Trek was Thor. The, the opening, by the way, with the uh, the the moving artwork, for me that was a masterstroke because straight away it's de- it's delivering the sort of the the. Thousands of years ago, preamble in a really visually arresting way that we just don't see that much. Well,
5: it's it's Disney's setup of you mm. know this is a storybook and this is how you know that this is a story that we're about to tell you.
0: And they yeah. very subtly, but overtly, and they very <laughs> <laughs> they did one thing and the exact opposite. <laughs> and they they very subtly blended um, Greek mythology with very kind of biblical stuff, mm-hmm. so that it's, you know, yeah. okay, Zeus is God, and Ares is Lucifer, and, you know, here's, here's all this set up, so it, it was, on one hand, it's co-opting a whole culture and their mythology, on the other hand, it's making it monomyth, it's it's calling attention to the fact that the All-Father is always the father of everyone, mm. it's, you know, he's Odin as well, yeah. but th- that... Uh, was a really great way of making sure that everybody was on board with the larger mythological things that were going on, because it was like, oh, I get it. It's like this myth that I already know about. Mm.
4: Yeah, yeah. There's very little in here, visually or plot-wise, that you can't like point to and say, okay, that's very similar to another recent movie, which mm. is or, or another film of the last like fifteen to ten years. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that, that feels a little bit like by design you know again you you're taking this character and all of this business that is really i mean in the in the comics the amazons ride kangaroos they ride very large kangaroos missed opportunity because <laughs> that was seen as hey this is you know in in comics it's how weird can you make this we've got to make this stand out from the other thousand books on the on the rack yeah but, uh, you know it it does look like it's like you know, she comes from the magical island that appears to be parts Gladiator, parts Clash of the Titans, parts Lord of the Rings. Uh, there's a lot of Immortals in this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, like, yeah.
4: You like Immortals, don't you? Which is, is a movie that uh, no one... But, but people saw. That was, like, a pretty like, big deal movie, but no one kind of remembers that they mm. saw it. Featuring Superman as well. Henry Cavill's in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Early mm. on. And, uh, you know, it's... there. Uh, you know... There's uh, the whole thing about how much influence did Zack Snyder have over the the story or Mm -hmm. anything, you know, because he's grandfathering all of this, though we now don't know how much because he's obviously been indisposed with other much more pressing matters. I will say say on a side note,
0: I have felt fucking wretched in the past few weeks, uh, considering what has actually happened to Zack, considering how furious i was last year and pointed so much of it towards him i've always thought that he was kind of this baffling talent yeah um but you know i i was i was very irate regarding batman v superman and angry at his supreme influence over the dc universe yeah but that what happened to him and his family is a nightmare it is unimaginable and no one should have to ever go through it so uh, my Sympathies entirely lie with uh, Mr. Snyder and and uh, and Deborah. Yeah, you know, there is some credit to him for actually like he did he write the script or just the story uh or... the
4: the the implication seems to be that that like he was involved in suggesting where these things should fall. Okay. Uh, I I want to I want to say that it might have been his decision be, before they because I mean Patty Jenkins came on when the movie had already been right. set up. Okay. And, and everything else, and then redid a lot of stuff to suit more where she wanted to go. But I I want to say that it was a an early thing that he at least insisted that it be World War One and not World War Two, and uh, presumably suggested a lot of the storyline. Which it seems weird at first that it's not that it's not World War Two,
2: hmm.
4: because then you yeah. look like oh okay now what you're what you're going for here only really works in World War One because you you can't really do the. Oh, you men are all the same. War is awful. There's good and bad on both sides. When there's the, when the Nazis are there.
6: Yeah. yeah. That, Plus that
4: if, that moral doesn't fly.
6: Yeah. Even if you try and go for that moral, you then get with World War Two. your villain would be far too predictable because you would ultimately have to go for. Hitler is the villain and Wonder Woman killed Hitler Like mm, yeah. that that would be your ultimate end point if you did this with World War 2 and I'm glad that's not what this was
5: Yeah, mm. or you go the route they went with First Avenger and create an offshoot which mm. I mm. think which
0: effectively Danny Houston's character was it, yeah.
5: it, it was but they yeah. managed to put that across in a much less cartoonish way yeah. than um, Red Skull comes uh,
0: there was that bit where he kills all of his uh, lieutenants or the other like his super superiors even and it's exactly the same as when Red Skull yeah. just blasts everyone <laughs> with a laser gun <laughs> yeah. but I mean I, I am not going to go oh well, this was a bit like First Avenger or Thought. I'm like good good yeah. well done
5: mm-hmm. yeah not going to criticize it, it them it fits
0: for, all for, like, I love Uncharted and Uncharted is derivative as hell it's Tomb Raider okay. with, with Gears of War and uh, I, I, I've never railed against things for being derivative for me it's all about the blend mm. like how distinct to the flavors that you're putting together here if it's just like that kind of tropical punch that you get the cheap stuff from the supermarket you're like i could taste orange and other stuff then <laughs> then it, you've done a bad job but if you're like mm, oh yeah, i can say okay well that's good that's cool that's cool and like if the whole way through you're enjoying the flavors then you've done a really good job even if so, even if all of these influences are so clear
6: so what you're saying here is that this is not like you know the Aldi's Tropical Punch juice drink <laughs> to, uh, to Marvel. This is the, like, Waitrose premium tropical oh, yes. juice. Oh like, yeah. this, this is, is the, like, oh, yeah, that is the same, you know, it's technically tropical juice, much like Marvel have been making, but oh, it's this, this a good one. It's a good one.
0: In all seriousness, this is that juice that you walk past every week and go, four pounds, bloody hell, and you never buy it. And then, like, on your birthday, you go, you know what, sod it? I am having the four pound juice. And then you have it, and it's like, mmm... <laughs> oh, I wish it was my birthday every day.
5: So it's, That's how good
0: Wonder Woman it's
5: is. It's Coke and Pepsi, not Coke and Panda Pops cola. It's not
0: Coke?
6: <laughs>
5: Don't bring well, Coke I, I fizzy brown
0: sugar eat. water in.
6: It's <clears throat> two comparable but slightly different things as opposed to two comparable but one is considerably worse as a ah, ripple. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right, so it's Coke and Pepsi versus, like, if you've only ever drunk Panda Pops your whole life, and then suddenly, some like you've just walked through the N- 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 the Nevada desert, and then someone hands you a very frosty Coca Cola in a glass bottle. You're like, flink. But yeah, okay. The- <laughs> this movie took-, drink. took my breath away repeatedly. Um, one of the major things, and this comes back to the why is this significant, is the amount of imagery we've seen in the past few months. I mean, we've seen it for years, but. in the past few months it's really been ramping up and hats off to gal gadot for just jumping in on this one of wonder woman being an inspirational real life person to real life kids specifically little girls and showing little girls you can play too you can totally be this kind of hero there are other reasons to fight than rage and um, just the amount of, of these sort of wonderful inspirational little Twitter, like I'm on Twitter far too much, but little Twitter images of like little kids in Wonder Woman uh, outfits or like a little kid posing with Gal Gadot and going, oh, it's actually Wonder Woman <laughs> I love that, I love it when Chris Evans does that, I love it when Chris Pratt does that all the Chrises um, and, and, but the fact that this is the very specific sort of bringing in Ladies, I Best I, stuff
6: I, in the world. I I think there was there was a moment right near the beginning of this film that really stood out to me in that regard in terms of saying it's okay for young girls to aspire to to have aspirations of being like superheroes, and it's the fact that they show Wonder Woman as a child, as a young as a young girl, mm-hmm. watching other people be strong, competent mm-hmm. fighters and mimic them along and aspire to be like them. And to have an adult recognize that aspiration and say, that's okay. You're allowed to aspire to that. Let's help you become this big, amazing thing that you aspire to be. And you're going to work, you're going to work hard and you're going to be better than those people that you aspired to be.
5: Absolutely. And that wowed me. I yeah, had tears in my eyes. That was fantastic. It it yeah. just, it's all
6: summed up in just young, young child Wonder Woman, like little little girl just stood up on the hill practising the punches and the kicks, watching mm. watching all the bigger people do it. And I'm like, Oh, that's so nice to see in a film. Yeah. Heart yeah. swell.
5: I think that that was one of the, the big things that I think they really <clears throat> struck that note spot on, because it, it did occur to me that one of the reasons they might have found it difficult to um to kind of commit to the idea of of doing Wonder Woman is that If you look at the the very successful um, repeated superhero releases, so Spider-Man, Batman and, and Superman, ultimately those characters all come in as children. Mm. It might Mm. only be for a fairly short amount of time, but this is why I think they keep doing the origin story of Batman, because if you're going to get kids on board with this, they have to see him as a child.
0: Mm. Mm. I know, I know. Are we including the whole pearl necklace? I know, I know. It's
5: a a sort of a horrendous thing to happen, but it it does provide a point of connection. And if Wonder Woman has always been kind of, you know, springing forth like Athena from Zeus's forehead fully formed, Mm. you don't have that opportunity. Opportunity to get little children yeah. involved and for, this did that really well
6: but for, for all the yeah. criticisms of young Bruce Wayne you at least get this person was a child once who wasn't always this big superhero mm. and they went from not having powers to aspiring to protect people and becoming that and you yeah. get that point of connection for children of that is a child like me who is doesn't have you know who isn't a superhero but they can become one. Mm. Yeah. And that's the arc that's missing in that this hit so well.
5: Yeah.
0: yeah. Gal Gadot herself. I remember, um, uh, Bob, and you might actually still maintain this because I remember on your, on your re- very recent review of Wonder Woman, you maintained this, uh, but um, you'd never seen Gal Gadot actually act. And up <laughs> until... <laughs>
4: I'm still not sure that I have. Oh but, man! <laughs> but I, no, well, no, but I think that's because it's this is I and I think that this is a, a credit in her in her favor. You know, I I don't I, I don't mean that to be a uh, sort of a, like a like a down a down talking of this of this character because <laughs> you know acting is really important. Casting is also really important. You know, Vin Diesel has been giving the same performance for about 15 years in every single movie and he's a star because it works in one of them. Mm. You know, because he has one franchise where that very singular thing that he does and, you know, like mouthing words strangely in, like, really low vocal fry, uh, (laughs) you know, mispronouncing very easy words and uh, crossing his arms and glowering is, you know, really, really sells whatever the hell Dominic Toretto is. There ain't no way I'm installing a nuclear engine in my family's car. You know, I would be, I'd be curious to see Gal Gadot now do, or how, however we pronounce the name, because I'm not, because I've heard it said Gadot. Oh, okay,
0: uh, we could I, we can carry on saying Gadot then, because I've only ever been saying Gadot because... I ooh. have
6: only ever said Gadot, but...
4: Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure, I, I don't think, I, I like, I've never heard her say her own name, and she has a, ver- like, you know, is israeli accented english has a very specific intonation yeah it's uh i, I assume she knows how to say it but, you know uh, what actually uh, if i imagine
0: her speaking she doesn't there's no uh, like there's no yeah. silent t so yeah i'm gonna say to yeah that,
4: that okay. has a part okay is there, there
6: is there is a pronounced t apparently
4: okay uh- we'll call it out okay well um, I think uh, what I mean to say when I say I don't know that I've seen her act yet, I would be because I mean, she was also just in that spy comedy thing, which, you know, so far every movie seems to be using her in exactly the same way, mm. which is wow, she is strikingly beautiful and also does not seem to be of this earth.
0: Yeah, she's this mysterious, beautiful alien who you'd love to talk to, but she's too mysterious. She's that (laughs) in in Fast and the Furious. She's that in um, Keeping Up with the Joneses, the John Hamm thing. But the whole way through um, Batman v Superman, when Wonder Woman could be speaking, she's just sort of uh, like smiling at Bruce in a sort of a mysterious way, like she knows hundreds of years worth of stuff more than him, which she does. Yeah and she hasn't got much to work with because like in the script she just walks away and gets in a really awesome car
5: but this yeah. is this is partly why and this is something i already said this on twitter and i will quite happily say it again now i take back every doubt i had about her being able to pull this role off because i i mean i loved her in the fast and furious franchise but i didn't think she was right for wonder woman I take that back. She is fantastic.
0: Fully seconded. I've been saying, why the hell didn't they go with Gina Carano uh, for years now? Uh, Gina Carano could not have achieved what Gal Gadot does in this film in the same way, with the same level of universal appeal as she clearly is.
5: Mm. I mean, I think although she doesn't necessarily have um, long speeches to do or or you know masses of of dialogue i mean the what she has is incredibly powerful um mm. but i think i know what you mean bob about not necessarily having seen her act Um, But in her physical performance, in her expression, in the way she holds herself, everything about the the visual acting, she has down. Mm. She really, really does.
6: The things that stood out to me about her were like those little moments of like hesitation and doubt when she, you know, Mm -hmm. felt the need to do something but realized she couldn't. Like, okay, I can't save those people. Mm. I have to keep going. Mm. Um, Like the moments of turmoil she had where it's like, I thought I had killed the villain and there is still war yeah. and killing this one bad person has not stopped war and those moments of like turmoil and conflict were really well portrayed she she yeah. did a very good job of believably portraying internal conflict and an uncertainty of what was the right thing to do yeah. that sold that sold the character I've now seen
0: Jennifer Lawrence do the scene where um, Diana gets back to the village and finds it has been mustard-gassed and freaks out 15 times, to the point where when I see it the 16th time, it will not register on an emotional scale. So when she freaked out in Passengers, I had to think hard about the context that the character was going through, rather than just, this is Jennifer Lawrence doing that thing Jennifer Lawrence does when she's just had too much. And the the weird, th- the worst thing about this is when I first saw her do that in Hunger Games and in uh, First Class, she's amazing at that, and she really puts that much into it. But when Gal Gadot did it here. I had not seen her do that before, and it really stabbed mm. at my heart. I, I really felt that. Yeah.
5: I think this is a flaw of the Hollywood system, though, mm. and it's it's not fair on, P, on some people who have the potential to be really, really good actors, and to a degree, a part of this is that we haven't seen Jennifer Lawrence in the, the roles where she's done sort of more low-key dramatic stuff, but... Somebody like uh, Scarlett Johansson, for example, yeah. she gets known for doing one thing really well. That's what people hire her to do. Mm. And that's what everybody gets to see her do. And and I actually really liked um, it was weird as all get out. Um, but that uh, is it under the skin?
0: Under the skin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I loved her in that. I thought that just the the fact that she was playing so detached and remote and um, and and inhuman felt not like worlds different from stuff that I've seen her do before, but it just it just felt different and and you know being able to see her carry that off as well. Mm. Uh, but that was a tiny little film that hardly anybody saw.
0: Yeah, although mm. about, is it like? Um one of the state's favourite science fiction apparently
5: films. so But yeah. like, there was
0: like a a, <laughs> a, a map with all of the, the every every state's favourite sci-fi film only one state loved Under the Skin and only, <laughs> yeah. only one state loved uh, Lilo and Stitch best of all and that was Hawaii and that was lovely
4: because of course they did yeah. Scarlett Johansson is in I think very much of the same boat in that regard though In in that Hollywood historically does not know what to do with actresses who cannot make romantic comedies. Yeah. They they really don't like they'll you know like they they know what to do with someone who can pl- who can play sort of, you know, Bubbly, perky, all-American girl, and then you know find a dramatic version of that to like they, like Hollywood Amy you,
0: Adams, yeah,
4: yeah. They know what to do with Amy Adams. They know what to do with Julia Roberts. They've known what to do with Reese Witherspoon, Sarah Michelle Geller. They've mm. known what to do to a certain extent with Jennifer Garner while she was appearing in films.
2: Yeah.
4: And uh, but you know, like Scarlett Johansson, I would say I would I would put very much next to Gal Gadot in that they both are very they have a real unusual you you kind of have to call it an alien presence they don't mm-hmm. seem like they're familiar Scar- Scarlett Johansson is never better than when she's allowed to speak like she speaks which is almost creepily without affect mm-hmm. that's that's when you know the the under the skin works that's why lucy is fun in spite of itself i was you know? going to mention lucy i really like her in that. Yeah. yeah it's it's an interesting thing what strikes me about her use gal gadot's use in wonder woman is not to continue in going back to the Marvel thing, but something this does that uh, the Marvel movies have built their whole brand out of is this is a genuine star vehicle yeah. in that it feels like they have their actress and then they've built everything about this character around her strength. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she, you could do an entirely like, you know, same story, same script and have another version of this where she's sort of. Haughty and learns humility or something, but uh, in this version, it's like, no, she's really good at seeming like she's from somewhere else and doesn't feel recognizably human, so we'll do this kind of, you know, warrior maiden, little mermaid, learning to walk on land kind of thing. And, and it works. And you can see that in the Marvel movies, you know, like, people care who Iron Man is now, who no one cared before, because they made the movie and said, okay, who do we have? Robert Downey Jr.? Okay, Tony Stark is now Robert Downey Jr. Rob, just do the best version of you we can, and we've got a mm-hmm. movie. You know, you look at like Captain America...
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: We oh. didn't know Chris Evans was actually Captain America in <laughs> <laughs> this movie until after the week comes out, and it's like, Oh wow! Yeah, I just thought he was really good in that movie. But no, it turns out this is just that guy. Mm-hmm.
5: Um,
6: one one of the things I thought was really good about her performance is that while you're totally right, like a lot of this film is her sort of playing to that strength of being slightly alien, slightly there's just something not quite what you expect of a performance of a human, a standard human character. Mm-hmm. But I think what really worked is that she was able to do that for most of the film. Most of the film was her playing the slightly detached, something not quite right with her presence. Demi-goddess. Until, yeah, the demi-goddess thing, right until that one scene, as as mentioned before with the mustard gas,
2: mm.
6: where like the whole way through she's been playing this very singularly driven character who is mm. motivated beyond all else to be like, I have my goal, and I'm heading towards it. And that very human moment that you get where it's suddenly, I trusted other people and their judgment, something bad happened, I blame this on myself, could I have prevented this? And I think the reason that scene works so well is because her very human reaction is so contrasted to the way she is in most of that film. Most of that film... She plays just slightly detached, not quite on the same page as all of the other standard human characters, until she just has this one very understandable human moment.
5: Mm. Well, it, it, that felt ridiculous levels of authentic to me, because mm. that, that sense of, um, you know... Y- everything she's tried so far, she's been really good at. Everybody's bent over backwards to make sure that she is the best of the best and, and yeah. um, you know, has been pushing her towards this goal. She has drilled into herself, this is her purpose, this is what she's there yeah. to do. She gets there and she fails. She you know, she can't I mean she succeeds on the one hand, but then there's something that she literally cannot stand in the way of. And yeah. that could have devastated her to the degree that she gave up. Mm. But it's the, it's the getting back up again. And, and I, that's I, the uh, inspirational element of
6: And it. I, I so love that this is a female action hero who has the, like, okay, this is devastating, this is horrible, what's happened, and straight away uses it as motivation to go fight the villain. We don't get a ten-minute, I am so sad, so brooding, I have to stop and have a cry while I'm consoled by the male characters. Right. I'm so happy that that wasn't what happened. That we just went like, "This is your fault. You stopped me from preventing this attack. I'm gonna go and and save people." Mm. And it was it was just so well played because it was in such stark contrast to the way she'd played the character up till then.
4: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, a thought just occurred to me that that you know you know perhaps you know since that that whole sequence is is set in the morning. Is this the first actor, male or female, in a long time to, like, headline, and act, like, to, to become, like, now an action star who has actually been in, in, in the military? It, it feels like that hasn't happened in a while.
6: I can't think of another one off my head.
4: Yeah. And not, like, in a, a token sense. She was an yeah. IDF combat trainer for, for several years.
6: Yeah, I do I do have to wonder, Does now that you mention it, does that have any significance in her ability to authentically play a scene about the horrors of war? It in made, any sense.
0: It certainly made her... She fitted in very well with the other soldiers. Mm. That felt very authentic. When she was walking yeah. with them, she felt like, this is my place. Yeah. There's also something incredibly human about this, which... I, I don't, I don't want to make this a kicking um, session for the previous DC movies, but I'm just going to use them to highlight what was absent in, in before, which is now been put in. Um, the scene where she um, gets Steve to lie down next to her in the boat when they're just going across, and he's really nervous about it, mm. and they just chat for about four minutes, <laughs> and it just it feels long. Because that's much longer than anyone's talked about anything that's not very, very key to the plot in any DC movie. Like, I can't think of a single conversation in Suicide Squad that wasn't, like, just two, three lines, and then let's get back to the plot. Mm. You know, no one talks about stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Because, like, when people talk about stuff, that shows you who they are.
6: and It's like, this Mm. is script writing 101. And you know what else was good about that conversation? I laughed during it. Yes! Yeah. There were jokes. There it was, was humour. F- there was a light tone to a conversation that wasn't plot relevant.
0: It was fun and funny. Like, like, uh, Cast your mind back to uh, sorry to use Batman v Superman again but the bit where um, Superman is talking to Lois and then gets in the bath with her. Can you remember what they were talking about?
4: They were talking.
0: Yes. Yeah.
6: For some reason, I thought I, th- I think ordering a sandwich was disgusted I don't know why I think that was the case law brought in groceries a I think.
0: lot of the the previous films um Snyder's two films were very much kept steering things back to what can man do with gods on earth and what can gods do on earth with men and that was the the main bent of everything that everyone said what are we to do with this superman um and Suicide Squad, it was just a, a lot of this, you know, we're getting fucked over by the system. Well, fuck the system. And that was most of Suicide Squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was people. war. And people at war and people going, wait, we've well, we got to do this horrible thing. But ultimately, we do also then want to go home afterwards. Yeah. You know, we, we, we have lives. We are people. I mean, even if those lives are somewhat emptier. I mean, I got from um, Steve Trevor... That his life wasn 't an abundance of uh, you know friendships and uh, um, you know hot dates every single night, and what I relished about chris Pine 's performance was his tentativeness hmm. the, the what you mentioned before, uh, Laura about um, uh, Diana being uncertain, I, I love the fact that they both are um, that they could have easily made Steve Trevor kind of a pig the animated Wonder Woman film. Um, Nathan Fillion plays him super charming, but like, he's kind of a pig, he's, um...
1: Easy. You're lucky to be alive, so just conserve your energy and rest.
3: Did you... Did you stop Ares?
1: No. I didn't. I couldn't.
3: What? Why not?
1: I had to save you.
3: Ow! I didn't need you to save me! I needed you to stop Ares! Hey! If it weren't
1: for me, you wouldn't be here right now.
2: I'm an Amazon, Steve. We're prepared from birth to give our lives in battle. I knew what the consequences were going into this mission. I bet you would have acted
3: differently if I were a man. Oh,
2: playing the sex card again, are you? You know what? I've
1: had just about enough of listening to you go on about how terrible men are. Does the truth hurt, Steve? Newsplash! The Amazons ain't so perfect either. You act brave, but cutting yourselves off from the outside world was cowardly, not to mention stupid. Like, less communication between men and women is what the world needed. How dare you? No! I'm not done! You met your first man, what, like 15 minutes ago? And you think you have us all figured out? Well, I'm sorry. But not everything a man does is to further some misogynistic agenda. We don't hold doors open or pull out chairs for women because we're trying to keep you down. And I didn't save you because I thought you were some damsel in distress. I saved you because... Because I care about you, Diana. And I'm not gonna abandon a friend in need. Man
3: or woman. You should have saved the world instead of me.
1: Maybe I figured the world's not worth saving if you're not in it.
0: He may be a little bit of a pig, but that doesn't mean that little speech didn't come from a place of truth. That's mm. fine. That's a fine point to make, if blunt. Mm. In But that.
5: he's still calling her angel by the end of the movie, and Bingo. I wanted to punch him.
0: Whereas with Chris Pine who has previously been an immense pig in Star Trek. Um, and uh, I think he's a huge... Like I've never seen it before, but I don't want to. This means war, where him and mm. pig Tom Hardy, piggishly pig about trying to get hold of Reese yeah. spoon with wiretapping and abusing their uh, abilities as government agents. Ugh, just my flesh just crawled off my body. Um, so oh, either way... Was- <laughs> Chris Pine could have easily just been positioned as this sort of um, you know over, overly macho guy, but he's a stand-up guy and he's uncertain a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. there's a, a, a clear sort of texture and layer to his character where there's the front and then there's the soft underbelly there. And the I think it was really hammered home during the love scene, which the amount of time he took to watch her to gauge what was going on and to slowly close the door and then approach her with a without forcing the situation. I thought that was just really excellent physical acting there on, on his part. Yeah. And the amount of time he took to shoot the bombs at the end, that sort of... The, excuse me. The level of preparation required to do that Mm. He sold it, and it's not the first time he sold that.
6: I, th- I think everything he did with that character, he played with a a quiet reverence. Um, like you know, he had this nice texture to the character that he understood the system he was working within politically. He wasn't afraid to play the game, but to then walk away and be like, okay, I've said the right things. I'm now going to do what's important and what I need to do. But whenever it came to diana everything was just done with this sense of i know you are someone special that is significantly more important in what we're trying to do than i am my role here is to support you and to help you get where you need to go and i'm just gonna quietly revere you from the side and do what i need to do to to help you achieve what you need to achieve and to help you do this and I think, right up to those final moments, which I think that like it was a very strong move that I am very glad they did, where they you know had his character actually die in the explosion at the end because like you know that that felt important because he made a tangible sacrifice, he recognized the importance of what Diana was doing and was like. I'm going to make sure you're able to do this because I see the importance of what you're doing. Mm. And it was just nice to have that be his character is that, you know, he had all these layers of, you know, I've got to work within the system, but I'm going to subvert it anyway and disobey what I'm supposed to do. But just all underpinned by this nice quiet. I recognize that you are important
5: mm.
6: and I'm going to respectfully help you get done what you need to do. And that's, I think- that's what I'm here for.
5: Yeah, I think a huge part of of what sold him to me as well was the honesty that he he carried with him. And it's kind of played humorously in the initial scene where they've got the lasso on him and he's fighting it because he doesn't want to have to tell the (laughs) truth. Um, But then as as it progresses, you kind of pick up on these little moments where, like you said, Alex, he he could be all front, but he's Mm. not. He is vulnerable and he's willing to admit it, even if it's in a pretty subtle way. That scene where he's sort of talking to her about what what things people do when they've finished with war and they mm. marry and they have children and they set up houses and all this, that and the other. And she says, "And what's that like? And he just looks at her and says, do you know what? I don't know. Yeah. Just mm. that feeling that he he is um you know he is scared and he is uncertain and he is willing to admit that even if and, it's just to her
6: yeah and he he very much wants her to know that he feels okay being honest with her but mm. like, that seems to be a really significant thing to him is this like look I'm being honest and I I want you to know that I'm being open with you there's that scene as they're leaving the uh, the military building in London toward the beginning where he's saying i can't remember what it is he's saying but he's he says something he's like do you not believe me and he grabs the lasso and wraps it around himself and repeats Mm -hmm. it and he's just like Mm -hmm. look i'm being i'm being open i'm being honest i want you to be able to yeah i want you to be able to trust me that i'm being open and honest and i am scared about this
5: yeah
4: his his exit is good enough that it's going to be a real shame that by Tuesday the only thing people remember is that they ended another one of these with a guy named Steve blowing himself up in an airplane. <laughs>
0: there, there were parallels again, but um, but this one, uh, this is the difference between fridging and not fridging. Uh, the <laughs> this dates back to that Green Lantern Kyle Rayner scenario where uh, Kyle Rayner's girlfriend was butchered and put in the fridge. To make him upset and angry. And Steve dies, and it's to inspire Diana. It's not it's... to make her angry. In fact, if anything, it's to resolve that anger, to focus mm. that passion.
6: Mm. It's yeah. it's the same reason a lot of the deaths in Rogue One didn't bother me, in that they were deaths that weren't there just to like make a character furious and push them onwards. They're characters who died doing something tangible mm-hmm. making making conscious sacrifices for the greater good to make sure that others would be that others could live in their stead mm-hmm. and that they weren't there just to be, like because i think what's really interesting here is this doesn't happen at the beginning of the film it happens at the end the resolution's already happened once he dies there's no you know big inspiration needed it's just he did what he had to do, and he saved a lot of people doing it.
5: Absolutely, and it, it really that whole section really made me feel, um, made me think of The Fifth Element, and mm. um, and and Leeloo's. Uh, response to realizing how much she is loved and how much love can achieve and that being the inspirational thing that that gets her to get back on her feet and keep going and it it made me think of the when when she says about how uh, the the most important thing is love or or however it is that she phrases it Mm. Um, the the line about um, uh, greater love hath no man than this uh, that he lay down his life for his friends and I'm probably horrendously misquoting it and I apologize but her realising that that's how much Steve loves his fellow man, that he'll do this to, to stop mm. this war, and that being inspirational to her. Again, tears it, flowing yeah. down my face I, in the I, Cinema. Yeah. I, I
6: I was at times really annoyed by the romance, but I think that was a big part of me being okay with it. By the end was the realisation that, when he's talking about love before he goes off in the plane, a lot of it is just him talking about general love for humanity, mm. and that felt in some way a lot less a lot less forced and a lot less cheesy that it was this very relatable look humans might there might be a lot of bad people, and even without someone leading them to be bad, some people are just bad. You know regardless mm. but i still just generally love humanity and i am willing to do what it takes to help and to save people and it was a really beautiful sentiment and also like inherently I don't know why but I'm less bothered by the the romance for the female superhero when the man dies at the end and I don't know what that <laughs> says about me that, <laughs> like, like... the, the fact maybe it's just the fact that it means that she's not going to go away from saving the world and it's like yeah she saved the world but the real ending is about her falling in love mm-hmm. like maybe it's the fact we sidestepped that that meant that his death made the romance less irritating
5: possibly <laughs> so I think there's, there's an element to that as well um, which I think has Came out really strongly in the in the scene where they go into the room and he closes the door and it's pretty obvious what happens next. We don't need yeah. any waves crashing on a beach or trains going into tunnels or anything like that. But I wouldn't mind seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the subtlety of how that was played um one of the things that that really struck me about that was that basically this is this is her losing her virginity and i don't know whether this is partly because it was a female director i honestly i think you know i'm not i'm not saying that a male director would necessarily have played it with different emphasis but it could very easily have been this is a game changer for her this is such a massive moment that really brings her into the world of humanity it didn't it cemented something that was already there and obviously it was very significant but it wasn't you know this is a big thing that changes her as a person it didn't change a thing yeah she's still her more so than
6: that like explicitly before the the, their romance uh, their sex scene ever happens you have that conversation on the boat where it's like you know, I read these 12 volumes of stuff about sex and ultimately the conclusion is that men are kind of irrelevant to my level of pleasure. So, you know, <laughs> we, you know, it's like, this is a nice thing for the two of us to do, but I could just as easily go in my room and get the same level of pleasure by myself. I, that is the I, thing I, that is never acknowledged in it. films ever, to be like, yeah, don't necessarily need him.
5: Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think the only, the only film I've ever really seen that explicitly stated in is Pleasantville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Who needs yeah. William H Macy when you have Bards?
5: Well, indeed, <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I think that there was the was it the Guardian review, and and this is I know a lot of people have said this comment was taken out of context, but the uh, the reviewer apparently said that that scene um, was confusing because of, <laughs> of what she said about men being necessary for procreation but not for pleasure. And there's just all these retweets of women going that that that's not confusing at all no,
6: no, and I think like I think that was important set up for why that that sex scene was so downplayed is because it's like it's not this big earth shattering thing to her because the implication is yeah you know she's she's already aware of pleasure being a thing you know she she doesn't need him to swoop into her life and make that revelation. She's already aware of it indeed, mm. it's just a, a nice thing that happened.
0: Is that the only other sex scene in a DC superhero movie apart from the one that's vaguely implied in the Donna No, wait. The Lester cut of Superman Two, and then the one in Batman: The Dark, well, The Dark Knight Rises, where he beds um, Talia.
4: Oh, there's a lot of sex in the in the the, mm-hmm. the four Batman movies. Uh... There, there's 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 a lot in there. I can't remember a single time when
0: he's actually like Chase Meridian is all over him like a batsuit
4: <laughs> how did he not how was there no sex scene so Mike, Michael Heaton goes to bed with uh, Kim Basinger after their uh, first date oh yeah, yeah. Oh, no, right. Right. does They're he going. ever close
5: the deal with Salida Kyle
4: Hello. <sighs>
0: No, she leaves too early. Mm. Right? Yeah, they they get hot and heavy. She licks his face. So.
5: <laughs>
4: it's it's
0: <laughs> well,
5: symbolic. That's
4: close enough. Mm. Now Batman <laughs> Bat- 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 Returns is so sleazy, sex would be beside the point.
5: That's, that's very true, actually. <laughs>
4: I'll show him my French flipper trick. <laughs> 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 sorry.
5: Uh, <Ew>. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry. Um, I would not like to see a video of that. Right. So, please
1: slow down.
3: That's your leader. How could he say that? Believe that, just it and Shh. and you, was your duty to simply give them a book? No. You didn't stand
1: your ground. You're, you didn't fight. Because there was no chance of changing his mind. Well. This you're is just Ares, listening.
3: and he's just not going to listen. allow a negotiation or a surrender. Yes, the millions of people you talked about—they will die. We are, are going sis- anyway. You mean you were
0: lying? I'm a spy. That's what I do. How do I know you're not lying to me right now?
1: I am taking you to the front.
2: We are probably going to die.
1: This is a terrible idea.
0: We're going not need reinforcements. The Steve Trevor thing boils down to, um, it feels like it's, it's really, it's, it's simple to say, see guys, it's not that hard to be a stand-up guy, but it is that hard. It's 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 tough. It takes a lot of dedication to you know you you you. Once you're in the mindset of not being you know all just about you, it then becomes easier. But the, it it requires dedication, and even though it is hard work, it's the right thing to do, which is undebatable it,
5: it also requires honesty and being willing to accept the fact that there is not a right answer a win state that you are trying to achieve
4: Thank you. Mm. i hope this is <clears> the <throat> thing of the industry figuring out what to do with chris pine <laughs> and now they can't use him anymore
0: it's tragic
4: mm. Well, it's you know at, at the very least maybe they'll get this like oh hey maybe we should let this guy just be charming and not Continually try. He's another one of these guys like James Marsden and Channing Tatum who showed up and looked conventionally handsome. So they said, "Oh, hey, you're a leading man," and just plugged him into all these various roles. And they mm. suck. And then they say, mm. "Oh," and then they let them do a comedy. And then it's like, "Oh, hey, wait, yeah, this is what you should be doing." Yeah,
6: it's it's nice to see that he can do quiet, subtle tenderness as as a a, a trait when he's acting. Yeah.
0: Also, side note, when he was um, speaking German to uh, Dr. Poison, he sounded like Armin Müller-Stahl. He's so... like It was scarily authentic, and it was like, right, okay, so you've really studied the... the, the you know, you've got a great dialogue coach here, to, uh, and he is convincing as a spy, as, you know, th- that mm. one scene. I was like, okay, I actually buy it. Steve Trevor, sneaks behind Emily, Emily Lines, she's a lovely <laughs> lady, um, sneaks behind enemy lines... And uh, impersonates someone else to obtain information. It it, uh, it sold him as not only a professional, but an adult, which is mm. tough with someone you've seen basically being just a sort of rowdy teenager so mm. often.
5: Yeah.
0: Fans of my fifth book, The Princess Thieves, may have found many of the elements of play in Wonder Woman eerily familiar, uh, especially considering what we were talking about just now. Uh, one of the reasons I love this film so much was that it is so in line with the hero and support role that I gave to my female and male lead characters, respectively, and the journey they take to get there. Here's a clip.
1: They emerged into a quiet courtyard, into which shafts of sunlight shone through the thick canopy of a glade of trees, arrayed within its stone walls. The air hung with tiny, glowing orange motes of dust, and before them, not twenty yards away, up at the top of a flight of steps with a sunbeam drenching it, stood the sword. It was wound with ivy, its blade dull and corroded, its handle faded gold. At the base of the blade, just above the hilt, a blackened sphere was inset. Below these were symbols not unlike hieroglyphics. It was, just as Gwen had been told as a child, firmly driven into a stone tablet, the side of which was engraved with more words in that same unfamiliar language. Gwendolyn glanced at her companions and gingerly climbed the steps to stand behind the sword. She flexed her fingers and reached out her hand, grasping the hilt. In a breathtaking flash...
2: <laughs>
1: absolutely bugger-all happened. <laughs> Gwen grunted a few times and pulled until her arm hurt before angrily giving up.
3: I <sighs> oh, it. I thought that would work.
1: Maybe if you come back when you're
0: a queen. I don't see why that would make any difference. All the legends say Arthur was just a stable boy when he pulled the sword out. See it knows if you're the right worthy person.
3: You think it's to do with value? <sighs> I'm being judged by a sword.
0: For what it's worth, Gwendolyn.
1: I believed you could draw it out.
3: Thank you, Robin.
1: Old Meg, who had been watching the struggle in subsequent deliberation, stepped forward and spoke to the Princess, her grey eyes piercing through the layers of defeat and
3: doubt. The worst people who came here trying to pull it out all had one thing in common. I've I've seen them come and go, and most of them were not happy with the immense power they already had, and came looking for more. Apparently, the world owes them success. That fallen tree there was hacked down in a peak of frustration by a chap named Edgar of Glendale. He's dead now. And the best of them? The best of them come looking only to protect those weaker than they. It breaks my heart to see the look of hope in their eyes, To hold my breath along with them, and believe just for a moment that they will be the one who can solve the riddle of the sword. When they fail, as everyone does, it hits them far harder than the first lot I told you about. The self-entitled lash out at a world that won't give them everything their little hearts desire. The selfless have nowhere to look but within. Nobody to blame but themselves.
1: Gwen glanced down to Robin at the foot of the steps and realized who old Meg was talking about. That look on his face she had not been able to place earlier might just have been a potent mixture of envy and admiration. That new and unusual squeeze on her heart grew tighter as she looked at him.
0: The complete eight-and-a-half-hour audiobook of The Princess Thieves, written and produced by me, Alexander Shaw, accompanied by a cast of wonderful voice actors, is available on Bandcamp now priced at $12. If you loved Wonder Woman, I'm going to bet you'll love this. We can't not mention Connie Nelson and Robin Wright. So many people are going, that was Robin Wright?
5: I did, it got all the way to the end and I was I was thinking, Antio, she looks really familiar, I'm sure I know her, it but I can't It was so
0: obvious her. to me, I was like, Robin Wright? Okay, so that's Robin Wright. Like... It,
4: like... No, I mean uh, not that's, until oh,
5: I saw her name in the credits.
4: That's how long it's been since you've seen Robin Wright. <sighs> no, we. Oh
5: um... gosh! Yeah,
6: no, I've just I've just looked up pictures. I'm like, you you are very right. I didn't. You didn't, I didn't... figure out Wait. until now. That's no, that's apparently how... not. But no, well, you. I'm... Yeah.
0: I'm very glad she was in it, and she needs to be in the next Mad Max. Yeah, Um, she did a very
6: good
5: job. To be fair, the two things I love her best in, in one, she's animated, and in the other one, she's about 22.
0: Yeah. (laughs) She and and Connie Nelson, just this fantastic bearing. I love the fact that just all of the Amazons they got athletes, didn't they? Rather than just getting, um, I hate to say models, because obviously Gal Gadot started as a model. But like, rather than just getting pretty girls, they got in girls who really could do this. Although
5: stuff. it's worth noting that a couple of them were models and athletes. Whoa, well,
6: double that's, threat.
5: That's fine, because the thing was like they all had
6: the right build. They yeah. all looked like they could convincingly, like you know, snap someone in half. And I'm Absolutely. like, okay, that's like, good for your tribe of a- Amazon warrior people.
5: But particularly as well, they didn't all have the same build. Mm. Yeah. Mm. different
6: shapes, Had
5: different shaped different women. Colors. Different colours. Different colours of women. Yeah. Different clothing yeah. styles I, of women.
6: I, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that it's different colours of people as well, considering that because it's a small, isolated island trapped inside a magic yeah. bubble, it would have been so easy to be, nope, they are all of one indistinct race, but it's like, no. Yeah. They're all it, blondes. Yeah. It, it was nice to be like, no, there is actual diversity of type, uh, like, body type and color and mm. just an age. It was good. I'm, I'm so okay. happy. Sorry, I keep getting very excited about this film. It was very good.
5: Okay. I <laughs> it done just with... says we don't, we don't get enough of this.
4: No. I could have done with more of the Amazons, to be honest. Mm. That's, that was mm. a little quick.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a long film, but... Uh... Yeah, like ten ten more minutes on that side. Ten Di- Diana jumped from being um, like twelve to being fifteen, really quick, and, mm. she, and then and then from fifteen mm. immediately jumped up to like
5: no 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 she went from eight to eight twelve to, to, to
0: Alcadot Yeah.
6: yeah um,
5: which is a trajectory any woman would would be <laughs> impressed with personally.
6: I I was okay with the amount of time spent there, considering quite how much ground they covered in the film. Like, I think that from my perspective they did a very good job of doing origin story mm. and and then a three-act structure film after the origin story i was okay with the amount of time spent pacing wise in that initial setting i can see why some people would want more but mm. i was okay because it kept up a nice snappy pacing and it didn't linger on its origin too much
0: Gal Gadot fighting. Originally, I was like, oh, she's so thin and willowy. How are they going to make her seem super powerful? Yeah, totally convinced, totally, within mere minutes. I was like, yeah, she could kick my head clean off my body (laughs) easily. And you mentioned, Sharon, about the action scenes?
5: Um, Yeah, specifically the way that the camera worked with the action scenes. um, I'm so used to seeing female action directed Mm -hmm. in a way where it's, it's about... Gawping. It's about looking at them. How fantastic and elegant and delicate. Or it's supposed to or make you go,
2: or, it's, it's, Yeah,
5: it's it's all about um, look. And this was totally about doing. It was about making the audience feel her doing these things, rather than mm. simply looking at her doing it, these things. If you can, yeah,
6: if there the is distinction a distinction. Makes sense. It it was speed and impact and quick shot cuts, as opposed to we're going to do a lingering pan across the body and chest surrounding while she does things. Oops,
0: panny shot. Yeah. Um, The the idea of Michael Bay's Wonder Woman, (laughs) the difference in approach was... Refreshing to say that. The the subtle difference between, whoa, look at her, she's so sexy well she's kicking ass, and Jesus, this is a force of nature at work here.
5: Absolutely. I mean, the the obvious comparison is um, if you look at the way um, Black Widow's introduced in her first big fight scene in um, Iron Mm. Man 2. Yeah. It's all about wow, she looks awesome while she's doing this.
0: With Wonder Woman specifically, and this was this came across a lot in the No Man's Land scene because there was a lot of uh, slow-mo for that, to actually zoom in and hone in on specific frames of her looking in a certain way. It's not so much, look at her, doesn't she look sexy? It's look, she looks magnificent. Mm.
6: Mm. And I think you can really tell that this film was, me- that, that it was handled by a female director in how little of the male gaze there is in terms of the way that the camera frames certain things and which Mm -hmm. things it lingers on um there's a there's a really brief moment very early on that stood out as oddly significant to me and it was um when young diana is sort of watching the the older amazons fighting Mm -hmm. there's someone who does like a backflip or something to that effect and in any other action film like that, it would linger on the fact that, oh, a oh, woman in a skirt doing a backflip, there's, there's, a, there's, an under, there's a crotch shot. There was a flash of like of underwear, but it was just very functional and it very quickly went and it wasn't the framed thing in a shot and it was over. And like the things like that are like, okay, this is a reality of fighting in a skirt, but also it's just not the framed thing in a shot. And the fact that they were able to do that without it being the thing that they were showing is weird. Like, that, again, that shouldn't be so rare. Mm. Yeah.
5: Yeah. But it, it really emphasized that, okay, this is how you ought to be doing action because it looked really phenomenally good. Yeah.
0: The No Man's Land sequence, in particular, is going to be one that people really focus on. A, because it's the first time she sheds the uh, uh, the cloak and then comes out in the full uh, armor, full costume. Um, but B, she's unser- there's so much going on during that scene. She's uncertain. She knows that she's got to do something. She doesn't know if she's going to survive it, but she can't just stand by anymore. And that's the um, I don't want to start comparing it to other films. I, I just her bearing down on the machine gun nest and then readying her shield and basically just, like, holding this back as best she can while um, the rest of the squad start to move in to give them a tiny fighting chance. That's wonderfully symbolic.
4: I'm more partial to the business with the Lariat because that's that's, mm-hmm. how, that's what I was waiting for. But, uh, yeah, the, the No Man's Land business is that that's the scene I think people are, are going to walk away from going, wow, that's really... I mean, they're part of the same scene, too. I mean, that's a... That's a long stretch of action. You know, that goes through a really big, you know, blocking bullets business and then goes right into a storming the village. And it's like, oh, we're fighting more guys now. Oh, OK, wow. I thought we were done. Yeah, mm.
5: that did make me think, actually, the the way I felt when that was going on. Um, it, it popped into my head. Is this how guys feel when they see like the whole power fantasy setup and Superman flips Batman and it's all like, hey? Yeah, I didn't feel really... that when
0: Superman flipped Batman no? at okay.
5: all. <laughs> Fair I,
0: I was just like, oh, stop it! He's already dead. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but no, but when like I feel much the way you feel when um, Steve gets up and puts his shield behind his back and mm. Kung, like that, mm. it's. You know, this is irrespective of gender, but the fact that we so rarely get to see a woman doing it in a way that's not sexualized, in a way that's uh, just, that has that female power, and it's not specifically for men.
2: Mm.
5: Mm. But it's it's also not, I don't think, excluding of men. Yeah. The, the, the whole, I mean, basically... If, we haven't even if women...
0: mentioned... Those women-only screenings.
5: <laughs> Jesus!
0: You want to be we'll on the wrong side of history? Complain about this.
5: <laughs> but but ultimately, for for the longest time, if women wanted to um, identify with with hero characters, they had to kind of sidestep themselves a little bit and go, okay, well, this, you know, it might not necessarily be quite like me, but mm. I can see myself in this this person, mm. and 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 I can I can do that. I can recognise myself as a central character just because I'm not necessarily the same shape um but i think if they're willing to it is entirely possible for men and boys to be able to do this with with wonder mm. woman you know it, I, it's, oh yeah i love her yeah. totally
6: identify with her I, mm. I i think a big part of the difference in um relating to uh, action heroes of the opposite gender is is market saturation in that a lot of a lot of um, girls and women grow up having to identify with male heroes because That's all there at. aren't female heroes there for them to relate to in that same way. Whereas a lot of boys and men grow up not relating to female heroes or feeling like they can't relate to female heroes because they never have to. Because mm. they have a lot of male heroes already on hand who are more obvious people for them to relate to. And that difference in saturation does create this weird crossover of needing to learn to relate to people, uh, to characters that are slightly different versus not ever needing to. And it's just nice to not have to make that leap to be like, no, oh, this is someone more similar to me that I can look at. As yeah, an aspirational but I, person.
5: But I do think any any guy who looks at this movie or looks at, at you know, that scene, since we're focusing on that scene, mm. and and thinks, but where am I in this picture? You know, how do I fit into it? You, you fit in wherever you want to. You can be Steve bringing up the rear and, and providing covering fire if you want to be. You can be Diana storming into the, the oncoming German bullets if that's where you want to be yeah. you choose you decide
0: I love the trade-off between she supports them at the beginning of the fight they support her at the end of the fight yeah. which finishes it off mm. the church tower absolutely yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually think thinking about it and what we've been saying that Charlie's Angels in Drew Barrymore's head was trying to yeah. do this
2: Yeah. yeah. but the yeah. execution
0: was so stupid just so riven with mistakes and it's so mismanaged that it set this progress back and every time they've attempted it it's been so mishandled and mismanaged they've like more than anything else with these female funded projects they grab them and like try to twist them into something marketable Petov's catwoman for example like you can sort of see that somewhere in there they're trying to empower women and tie them up with cats but everything about that movie is ludicrous It's amusing to watch, but it's, like I said, these, like, the fact that these get pointed to and they say, well, that's why women don't work in, uh, you know, as, as as
4: heroes. No, that's why women don't work as heroes in bad movies. Well, also, the first Charlie's Angels was a gigantic hit, though. Yeah. Like that okay. was I, I don't know I I, I almost, it's a different podcast but I, I I would defend that as actually a pretty good movie overall. Oh. The, like the, <laughs> the sequel is garbage, but you know that one it has it has the, the three female leads are very interesting. It's uh, they make fun of the sexy Bond girl thing a lot. There's a fantastic villain turn by Sam Rockwell. Mm. It's uh, they've all got flaws, which is nice and endearing. Yeah, I it's 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 a. Uh, that's a different podcast but I would but like it's yeah there has I kind of want to do it now you've
0: thrown down the gauntlet I don't even really want to fight you on it I just want to do a sort of in defense of Charlie's Angels (laughs) the the second one is trash though the the second I have difficulty it's been so long since I saw them I just and yeah
4: McG has never made a good thing since that but Yeah. uh, yeah Oh, McGee, director
0: of this means war, tying it all back. Yeah, the uh, Chris Pine um, wiretapping comedy. So and yeah, um,
4: the director of Man of Steel.
0: Oh God, yeah, he was he, he was uh, up there along with J.J. Uh, Abrams was was like wrote
4: Flyby and might have directed at one point. Right, yeah, it, it mainly fell apart because they ha- they would have had to shoot it in Australia, and McGee mm-hmm. did not want to go to Australia. All oh, right.
0: Oh. We'll talk about George Miller's Justice League almost
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> when we do Justice League in a few months' time. But, yeah. man. Okay, in an in alternate universe, the Justice League films are still going strong from there.
5: Speaking of alternates, by the way, I'm glad we got this instead of Joss Whedon's Wonder Woman.
6: You yeah? mm, are? Yeah. Definitely yeah
5: because yeah. yeah. just purely on the basis of you know i've seen what joss whedon can do and it's great it's fantastic i love but Avengers. joss whedon's wonder woman films. then
0: could have kicked off a whole new dc universe mm, yes.
5: possibly but joss whedon
6: makes very joss whedon films i'm glad we got to see a film that surprised me that, that i
0: think this is better than what joss whedon could have done it, I, yeah
6: yeah i didn't know what to expect here and i was very positively surprised
0: mm. And I said so, that as a man yeah. for whom Avengers and Serenity at the very tippity top of my most beloved oh, Yeah,
6: films. no, I, I love Joss Whedon stuff, but I'm glad we got to see someone mm-hmm. else take a swing at this.
4: Yeah. And we'll get we're <laughs> getting his Batgirl movie in like a year or two. So, yeah, mm-hmm. looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Okay, right.
0: One thing that you scared me, Bob, a couple of uh, weeks ago when you were doing, it might have even been months ago, where you, do, you did a Wonder Woman film and you were pointing at Danny Houston and going, uh-huh, he looks a little bit Aryan. Uh, or specifically, like, the, he, the, the red herring uh, of uh, this guy might be Ares. Um, or at least the idea of, are they going to mess with Wonder Woman's origin? Originally, she was a golem. She was, like, um, made out of sand and then given life by Zeus. Uh, and you were speculating in an entirely believable, relatable, this could actually happen. And in a bad version of this film, it did. Um, you can't be my father, you represent everything I hate sudden final real reveal where the the bad guy goes oh no I came to the island that one time and I totally raped my way around it and then you're the the result of that thus making uh, um her the the daughter of this terrible terrible villain which would have been bad
4: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm glad i was i was I was wrong about that I'm not I have a few broad criticisms of the movie, and I'm not nuts that they went with the, uh, what has been like the revised origin, which is only a decade old, which is that she's actually like the, however this term works when you're talking about deities, she's the biological daughter of Zeus, as opposed Hmm. to having been given life by, uh, it was Aphrodite in the original comics, it was very important to William Moulton Marston that she literally does not have a, a, a male father. Yeah. But uh, mm. you know, it's it, it it Some ways, I think it makes her more conventional to say it's like, oh, you know, it's just this is you know Perseus but a woman, you know, this is every every or Hercules but a woman. It's every other you know Greek mythology deity's origin is surprise actually Zeus. Well, yeah. I but- <laughs> I as someone who's not
6: incredibly up to date on Wonder Woman lore in the comics, it was nice to see them use a misdirection of oh, they're mentioning the whole made-of-clay thing. I I remember yeah. hearing that. Oh, I guess they're doing that thing from the comics that I've heard is a thing. Yeah. And then to later be like, no, that's not the case. It was a nice little bit, bit of redirection for someone who is aware enough of the Wonder Woman comics to be aware of that as an origin story that at some point existed, but to then, because of that, be surprised when that wasn't the case.
4: But my worry and the reason I had the prediction was my... From the trailers, once they started doing the origin trailers where they were talking about how she can't know about her real origin, yeah, this or yeah. like, My thought was, oh, okay, this is because, like, if if this was a character that hadn't existed before, this would be where you would go. with That it's like, oh, okay, if the whole thing is going to be about her understanding that there's duplicity and, and different levels mm-hmm. and stuff, the reveal is going to be that no, actually, you're you're you you're like the goddess of war. Morals yeah. would have been, and I'm glad they it, like it it's a sensible way to go, but I'm glad it didn't go there just because it's, it's tacky.
0: I I almost would have been okay with it. If it had been a arrangement um, between Ares and Hippolyta as opposed, like if she was the product of rape, I think that would have been incredibly tone deaf. Mm. That, that would have been like deliberately twisting um, a a fairly beautiful piece of mythology. Um, I don't, So much mind her being effectively female Greek Jesus or Thor. (laughs) Um, We can
5: live with that. Well, like I said to you, like her mother told her, "I made you out of clay and Zeus imbued you with life." Well, they did um, it in a certain way. You know, certain parts of his anatomy, but hey, (laughs) the rest of it kind of still stands.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The only side drawback of that is that, unfortunately, I was like, "Well, we never actually got to see Zeus, so he's probably Liam Neeson from Clash of the Titans, which <laughs> means he's also Rachel Ghoul, and I don't even know how that fits into the Batman mythology." <laughs> how do we,
5: how well, do we work all that in?
4: It's possible we'll see this in the other movies, since they seem to be leaning on this pretty hard as you know part part of the uh, the Justice League setup and and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's a, also
0: that beginning. It's a really great way of setting up the League themselves as to be this new pantheon. It's like the old gods failed in what they were doing. These new gods are going to basically try to fix all of the mess that has occurred in the years since. I kind of like that.
4: Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, new gods. Look at that.
0: Aha. Um, Okay, but to to tie it thus back to... um, Uh, the real Ares, and obviously Danny Houston does a serviceable enough job as a a misdirection, it would still have been fine had he been Ares, but I like the fact that he wasn't. Mm. I googled Wonder Woman many times in the run-up and I just looked down the list at who was playing whom and it was like David Thewlis as Ares, and I was like I assume this is going to be a hidden character that has another name, you might have wanted to credit him as that other name but watching the actual film knowing that he was uh, ares i was like this is fine actually you know it's like just it allowed me to sort of like second viewing it the first time and sort of like watch his shifty eyes
6: i'm um, i'm so personally glad i barely watched any trailers or did any research on this before going into it nice. yeah
5: i don't think that the the reveals were necessarily um Particularly hidden. There was there was nothing that massively took me by surprise. Mm. Um, I I guessed the David Thewlis thing. But by the end of it, they'd actually kind of back and forwarded with it enough that Mm. I wasn't completely sure that that's the way that they were going to go. I did at one point think Ares might turn out to be Dr. Maru, Mm.
2: um,
5: which would have been pretty cool. Um, And the idea of Diana being the god killer seemed pretty obvious from fairly early on. It, It never felt like any of that was... Um, was because it would be, had been badly handled or anything. It just felt like it wasn't necessarily meant to be this big secret. Oh, mm.
6: Diana yeah, being the God Killer is the one that I came out at, at the end, being like, I personally felt like that was meant to be some big surprising reveal at the end. And I was like, the second mm. you mentioned like we can't let you know what you are, God Killer was mentioned. Okay, you're the God Killer, not the weapon. Like that, yeah. that felt really transparent and yeah, like the- it was supposed to have been a reveal.
4: Yeah, the, the this this is where I think a little more time with the Amazons would have would would have uh edited yeah. it because we basically find out, you know, the Amazons are protecting a weapon that kills gods and you're the only, you know, young girl on the island and everyone is really invested in you either learning to fight or not learning to fight and it's it's too close together to not go, "Oh, well, this is the same thing."
0: Yeah. I I do really love the way she finds out though. She takes the sword, the symbol of the patriarchy, the symbol of like all of Arthurian legends since like pre Christian times. The you know, this big pointy thing that imbues the hero with his power and his ability to kill Grendel and his ability to kill the dragon. And she slams it into his hand, and he's like, Shatter, this ain't nothing. And it's put down that particular artifact, it's gonna have to come from inside you. I loved that.
6: You think, to some degree, like, I watched that destruction of the sword and all that was going through my head is the Thor Ragnarok trailer with the uh, catching (laughs) of the hammer and it being destroyed. I was was like, time-wise, you had to have done this first, but Mm -hmm. it still, I couldn't. Not think of that while watching it. The immigrant
5: song would not have been totally out of place in the background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although, also, you know, she could have like listened and then heard Yogurt going, "Forget the sword. The sword is Bob Kiss. I got it from a crackerjack box." <laughs> <clears throat> but the fact that the final battle, first of all, Diana was already being tested uh, with, "Why am I doing this?" And the fact that the final battle was not a punching contest it was spectacular but it was a battle for diana's soul and the fact that what Ares was saying and for how bad and how low things had gotten really had a weight to them the Mm. you know it's really hard to look at the great war and not think fuck all of this Mm. it is really hard not to side with Ares at that point and that is the best kind of nemesis Like, we never really got any time with Ares. All he really was was this philosophy. Mankind is fucked. Why bother? Mm. Mm. And that is... I mean, that is what everyone is fighting against right now. We need to be able to pull ourselves up from the dirt. Mm, This is going to kill me. We need to be able to pull ourselves up from the dirt and keep going. And this kind of movie is the sort of thing that gives us the strength that we need.
6: It's exactly what we need right now by coincidence or by, you know, design. It has come out at a time when we very much need to not think the worst of humanity and believe that if we push through, you know, we can get to a point where certain things will pass and things will get better because things might seem quite dark right now. But, you know, they're going to improve. We just got to be you just got to believe in the goodness of people and push through
5: Absolutely. And if you if you can do it with love, then mm. the love will still be there when it does pass. Yeah.
4: Everything about the the final battle business is my least favorite part of the movie, but the, the symbology like the, the meaning behind it works very well. Mm. The the execution I, I don't love. It kind of turns back into the other movies at that point. But uh and you know it's it's another one of these like I get the it's really tough to execute to, to do this is why so many superhero movies have the problem of we have to do the origin and a character arc and some kind of business with a bad guy in one movie because you spend like hat like her origin is pretty much over by the middle of the movie and then you've got they've got about like forty five minutes to sprint to the bad guy and they also want a twist in there so it's like I I, I almost I I wish that there was some other alternate version of this where the oh, actually, now I'm disillusioned about humanity happens, like, in the middle of the movie. Yeah. So, but, because it's an origin, the middle of the movie is where the debut of all the cool stuff Wonder Woman can do has to go, so, like, it works fine, but it's the same thing as, like, the first Spider-Man, where you get the whole movie of, okay, now I'm Spider-Man, and then a bad guy shows up, and then, you know, 20 minutes from the ending, you know, the bad guy makes him feel bad about himself, and then you've got five minutes to fight the bad guy on the bridge there, it's it's like her, her entire character arc of, I'm of I am very sure of what I need to do. Oh no, I'm completely disillusioned and everything I know is a lie, is over in like five minutes.
6: And I it, it
4: works. She sells it, but it's like structurally, I wish that it wasn't. You know, end of arc reveal, twist, bad guy, new bad guy, big fight, end. It's structurally, I, I have an issue with that, but the meaning there really sells it. Like the whole, like on its mm. own as a little. You know, like a one-act play of this is my philosophy. Well, this is mine. Stab is work. It it, it lands for me. It lands.
6: I get the comparison you made to Spider-Man, but I think it does a disservice to Wonder Woman quite considerably. I think that while on paper there are definitely things that had this been done in a different way, where this was maybe separated out and wasn't a single movie, might have had more room to breathe. Had sections of this been given more time. But considering the sort of lagging behind that DC are doing in terms of trying to put together their connected universe Mm -hmm. and the uphill battle they have of trying to get a lot of ground covered before Justice League happens so that Justice League can have some impact, I think that they did a remarkably good job of, in one film, getting all of those things covered. And I'm glad that rather than having... Wonder Woman origin story and then separately Wonder Woman adventure into, you know, like the, the two two thirds of this film that one origin story, I suppose. I'm glad that we got it all as one film because for me, it meant that everything was very snappy in pacing that it was very sort of, it's impressive to me that they were able to go so quickly point to point to point progression from, character introduction and origin right through to defeating big bad while still having time to take things slow and have like the three or four minute conversation on the boat and things like that it
2: Mm.
6: it was simultaneously fast paced but not rushed and to me that's impressive and i don't have a problem with that
0: If it comes back to um, comparing it to other films, uh, at the end, I'm going to go back to the whole idea of the hero's philosophy being challenged, because that is a huge deal Mm. for me. Um, At the end of First Avenger, the the most obvious comparison, uh, Steve's philosophy is not put to the test at all. There's no point where Red Skull goes, we are not so different, you and I. Join me, and we can take over the world in any way that allows you to go, wow, Steve's actually really might do this. He has been so disillusioned by X, Y, Z. That all comes later in in later Captain America stuff where Steve is brought low. Civil War. Chris does some fantastic stuff. Mm -hmm. Um,
5: And Winter Soldier. And Winter
0: Soldier, yes. So Steve is not really put to the test philosophically at the end of First Avenger. He just gets to do the thing he's always wanted, which is to die for his country in the most heroic way possible, to save Mm. as many people as possible. And it's tragic watching that happen, but... Uh, it's not (laughs) dying is easy young man living is hard Mm. um the and thor the other one that it compares to thor has been a little brat at the beginning of the movie and then slowly learning throughout the movie to be less selfish until the point where the destroyer turns up and to protect people who cannot protect themselves he steps out in front of
4: it you know i i i don't and I, I don't disagree with that, but I think what is what what is missed there with respect is that Thor does come to the, oh, everything that I thought I needed to do here is wrong, exactly in the middle of the movie. Because for the first half of that, it's, I need my hammer back, I need my hammer back. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets to the hammer, and he tries to get out, and he's like, oh, I can't take it. Why? And that's the first moment where he's like, oh, wow, I really did fuck this up. And then he goes through about another... I want to say 40 minutes of that movie is Thor trying just, you know, okay, I guess I'm on Earth now. I'll be a better person. And then organically... Oh, it's, it's like,
0: less than 40. It's mu- it's much more like like 10 minutes worth of... They even took out a bit where he returns a new mug to that um right. uh, cafe where he was like another crack um he's uh, learning to be nice yeah. in little ways you know well
4: he also but, he, well, he he goes out and has the other uh, drink with stone Selvig, so Selv- yeah no yeah you're right there, so there's that whole bit of business is like I, I don't know that i have the times but it like structurally you know the i'm uh, the 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 all is lost moment is is dead center there where you generally put the all is lost moment in in these things and then he becomes a better guy sacrifices himself to the to the destroyer and then the hammer comes back and then we're off to the races for the the big punchy punch the punching contest yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) because again after that hat moment there's nothing loki can say that's going to make thor falter right like Loki's just like brother you would screw up all of my plans
2: and yes, frankly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um and you know, there's the the sad moment where Loki lets go at the end, but in with Wonder Woman, the the it begins in the um, as she meets gets to the front, yeah, and then it just slowly gathers up to the the real drop of the mustard gas. Her response to that is a sort of a protective rage, like she like it's not just I must avenge these people. It's like no more, no more. I need to die on my watch. I've got to do something about this. She's so certain that she knows what she's supposed to do, and then she has the rug yanked out from under her. Yeah, but. The the sense of it's it's what Ares uh, says to her about you know it's, it's you know I I only set the stage, Kevin. You pull your own strings.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm. Well, that's uh, pretty much word for word what he said. Well, that's exactly uh, where if this wasn't and an also an origin movie, that's where the the all is lost moment would go. Would be yeah. in, in like so. There, there is an all is lost moment here, but in this case, what's lost is, oh, okay, she's she's given up trying to do things Steve's way now. Now she's just gonna mm. she's back on. I'm gonna like that's that's the breakup for them. You know, the, the structure that they're going for is, okay, they had their romantic moment, this is working out, they're working as a team, and then, no, we've got to do this my way, his way doesn't work in a pretty disastrous way, and then she runs off to do it hers, and then she gets a second to all his last moment where it's like, hey, you were wrong too, and then two minutes go by, and then end of the movie.
2: Mm.
0: I think it probably has the most impact because Diana is relatively new. Well, she's new to the Earth, so she hasn't had a chance to have years' worth of experience of humans doing nice things for each other, of little things. And just She hasn't spent two years working with Medicines on Frontier, you know, which if anyone's ever disillusioned about mankind, go do that. That will reaffirm your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very much a dark father uh, saying to a, a naive child look you might you have all these ideals about the world but it's fucked
6: you you know what film did this better than wonder woman very oh, recently yeah. guardians of the galaxy 2 bingo yeah. <laughs> i think i think a lot of what this was trying to do and did relatively effectively given the time it had to do it 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 was done by god it's that same whole thing of we are we are gods Mm. humanity is not worth saving we should be doing something bigger and better and we shouldn't be putting that off because of humans because humans are really not worth saving Mm. and the conflict of maybe 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 no I'm not going to do that is given a lot more breathing room in Guardians 2 (laughs)
0: It is given more breathing room, but I never thought Peter would go for it. There were times in Wonder Woman I actually thought that maybe, because we don't see her again till Batman v Superman, that the end might just be that Diana goes, you're right, fuck humanity, and goes back to Themyscira with her head low. The
6: the First World War does end, so I did not at any point buy that she would do it because <laughs> World War I at some point ends. Well,
0: that's the thing. Like She could just walk a- away and, and the ending could have been you humans figured out your war for yourself, but I would have no more part in it for 100 years. Yeah. And then the, I thought I was worried that it was going to end on a massive downer that she realizes humanity's fucked and it takes her like meeting Superman and Batman to realise, you know what, I could do something but it would appear that the twist is she's been here all along he,
6: you, know what I, you know what I thought the ending was going to be and I don't know whether I would have been okay with or not mm-hmm. I initially thought the ending was just going to be the person you killed wasn't uh, Ares mm. War is still ongoing Sure you killed one bad <clears throat> person at the top of war but war still goes on yeah. And you can't stop this war just by <clears throat> like going and killing the bad person. Yeah. Yeah. They kind and
0: of did do that. They, they, they made it clear that it's not just about killing one guy.
6: Yeah, but then they did very quickly kill one guy who was Ares. And then the war <laughs> was, <laughs> The soldiers hugged each other. Like, mm. had, had she killed Ares and the war had still kind of gone on around her, that would have, mm, I'd have been happier with that. But that would have meant that Ares was right. But then, Oh god, they're like, damned if they do,
0: damned if they don't.
6: Yeah. It felt like somewhat underwrote their own point when it's like, oh, you can't just kill one person and stop a war except you can just kill this one person and everyone will hug each other.
5: But if you think about the fact that it was Ares himself who set up the um, the armistice, with right. the intention that he was then going to whisper poison in everybody's ears to make mm-hmm. sure that the armistice failed, him then being dead and not being able to do that yeah. is actually like the wheels were already turning to get this in place. Also,
0: there were other wars between 1914 yes. and Batman v <laughs> Superman, which suggests that Ares was two. Ares was setting the stage, yeah. but not but, uh, but not actually. She
5: could have ended up with like a 100 year mission, like you you that wasn't Ares. you've now got to go off oh my- and kill every bad person you find oh until you get aries like <laughs>
6: might have been okay with that
0: leaping from life to life to stab <laughs> bastard after bastard yes! <laughs> jeez okay um any, any more bits that were? Uh, any sorry any more laura to, to add to that because i don't want to cut you off there
6: no 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 i think i i got my point okay
0: any more bits that were particularly delightful about this film? Because we've just had a really great podcast. <laughs> I got a couple, but I want to see what you guys got.
4: I'm really glad that the the continuity tie-ins were at the bare minimum. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, they're there. Like, uh, someone pointed out that uh, I think Poseidon is holding Aquaman's trident in the... Uh, in the, the painting business at the beginning, which is...
0: Oh, nice, yeah. Yeah,
4: you know, which is appropriate. I don't know if that means that they're half-siblings now. Oh, God, yeah. I, I think that could be where they go. It yeah. seems... I'm getting the sense that the very light allusion in this to the uh, the Greek pantheon being the precursors to the Justice League is going to be something that the Justice League movie hits like a gong every five minutes.
2: Yeah,
4: you know, I that might even be a reason to have Wonder Woman there to point. You know, I mean, and it's not like this would be originating in the movies. This was Grant Morrison's business when he reconstituted yeah, Justice yeah. League in the nineties. Was no Superman is Zeus, Batman is Ares, Wonder Woman is Athena, the Flash is Mercury. It was a very deliberate thing, and uh, I can only, ima- I mean, because that sounds like the sort of thing that would that if like if I was trying to get Zack Snyder to do a Justice League movie, that's the movie I'd pitch him. Was you're you're, you're actually making you know a, a Greek pantheon tragedy with uh, with with these superhero characters? So I imagine that's going to get hit more. But like when when it turns out that the bad guy is is you know a twist, I'm glad that the twist is not also I am Ares, but actually Ares is Steppenwolf or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that we didn't think that ride. Right. Dark side was behind World War One or something. Also, yeah, all respect to
0: Zack Snyder and the terrible shit he's had to go through, going back is going to be hard. Going back to Justice League and the,
2: mm. the,
0: the Snyder version of things, I'm going to feel like, no, we had it, and now it's backsliding. I could, it's got to be
4: better than Batman v Superman, purely because Wonder Woman's in it a lot more. The Flash will be fun. Well, whatever it's even going to even be now, because now there's the question of, okay, we know that this movie was delayed a bunch of times in the making, or, you know, what everyone assumed was, oh, this is a chaotic production and they're having trouble. No, now, no, it turns out the director really needs some time. You know, so we, we know, we don't really know, like, inside baseball stuff here, when a director announces that they're stepping back from the post-production of a movie, and we find out that the reason they're stepping back is something that happened three months ago, and then the next guy who comes in and says, I will step up and take this over, and it's a really major name who is already making something else for the studio. This is something that what all of this stuff about Justice League that we're finding out now happened like six months ago at the minimum. It's a key change because Joss
0: is not only making something else uh, for the the same studio, he has a markedly different directorial approach to Zack Snyder. Yeah, and who, that, that is a completely
4: different type of film. And it, it feels gauche to talk about this at this stage, but it's going yeah, let's, to be... Yeah, let's minimize that. It, it's going to be something when this movie is out to look at it and say, okay, how much of this movie was directed by Joss Whedon? Mm-hmm. How much was directed by Zack Snyder? How many fingers have been in the pie in mm-hmm. the editing to create... Whatever ultimately comes out, since this has apparently been re edited a bunch of times. So who knows what movie we're actually going to get? This could be like one of those Robert Rodriguez things where there's an entirely different cut of the movie because he just shoots scenes and plugs them together. After. It's going to be probably a mess, but a fascinating one. What other cut of the movie did Robert.
0: Did he do another version of Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Uh,
4: not so much, no, but like um, Machete, for example, the uh, the first right. one. Uh, yeah. You can get the the un, the, the DVD of that. There's an entire subplot in there about Rose McGowan. There are characters that didn't show up. And the way he shoots things, there are scenes where, like, uh, in the movie, a really important character shoots another really important character dead, and it's a major plot-turning moment. And apparently there's three or four different other cuts of the film that different people were shooting and getting shot and could be turned into whole other things. That that tends to be his uh, his way of doing things. It's probably not that extreme, but this yeah. is going to be an unusual production.
0: I mean, they've already done that, effectively. With uh, um, It feels like Batman v Superman got rejigged repeatedly, and definitely Suicide Squad did. Yeah. Like, historically speaking, they changed direction on Suicide Squad. It, it might be great. Let's keep that to a minimum, though, because yeah. we're m- But moving forwards. I have hope that Justice League will be great, but Lucy Davis probably won't be in it and that's a damn shame because she is brilliant in Wonder Woman. She, uh, was it uh, Etty Etta. Yeah. 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 Um, she, uh, she was uh, you know, super charming every single second she was on, on, on screen. Very offhand way but I'm not opposed to a bit of fisticuffs. Just like <laughs> she's the, the female Simon Pegg basically. Yeah. Or, that seems awful to the sort of like she she was making me laugh actually before Simon Pegg now that I think about it because I think I saw <laughs> uh, The Office before Spaced. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, Lucy Davis, fantastic. So I there you go. Now.
5: He's the male Lucy Davis.
0: Yes, he is the male Lucy Davis. The trying on clothes scene, I particularly liked the whole. Um,
5: <laughs> oh yes, spectacles, because then you won't think she's the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: There were so many like little <laughs> nods and lines that it was just like, let's just be real here, which I I love. The the script was remarkably elegant in that in that fashion. There were, I've just been all, more recently, I've been re-editing bad troublesome films to see if there's something good under there i did the whole of bad boys 2 cut out like 40 minutes of really questionable problematic shit and it's a fairly tight police drama under there if you take out the stuff where he they're trying so hard to be funny at the expense of homosexuals or different ethnicities or women there's there wasn't a single moment in wonder woman that i was like oh i'd lose that Cause that, that's how I'm thinking now with my editing knife, but mm-hmm.
5: um, I know what you mean. There were, there were a few points where I kind of felt this is dragging a little bit, but then when I looked back on what mm-hmm. had immediately just happened, I couldn't think of anything that I could have.
0: Taken that doesn't out. mean that it's a perfect film, no. but like, no. yeah, there are times when, like in in good movies, something will stick out, and I'm like that's not fantastic. The bit in uh, Age of Ultron where um, uh, obviously Robert uh, Downey Jr. has been. Uh, improvising are various lines when he's about to pick up Thor's hammer and he says in the trailer uh, I'll be, be firm but fairly cruel regarding ruling Asgard in the final film he says I will be reinstating Prima Nocta, and I'm like oh mm. oh that's an awful thing to say why jumps
6: why did you get him
0: that in the final cut
6: don't um, you just love unnecessary things that just don't need to be in films? Mm, They're the exactly.
0: best. Exactly, that's what I'm talking about, Laura. the The idea that like when I'm watching a film, and it's like that would be great, except for that one line. There wasn't that one line in 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 terms of script or in terms of just like moments in um, Wonder Woman. There was no bit where someone went to like grab her great big boobies or something like that. <laughs>
5: felt all, uh, completely at odds with the rest of the film exactly but
0: the fact that it would have felt all, at odds would have made it really stand out as a wrong bit the ice cream scene I absolutely loved mm. uh, that oh, was actually yeah. I believe sort of adapted from the Jeff uh, Johns Justice League new 52 like number one or two or like where Wonder Woman turns up speaks to a little girl in the park. And, um, then discovers ice cream, discovers ice cream in the comic. She turns to the ice cream vendor and goes, you should be proud. In the animated movie, she points her sword like in his face and goes, you should be proud of this. And it's like, look, (laughs) I understand she doesn't get earth culture, but she gets warrior culture. You don't poke your, your business end of your sword that close to someone's eye unless you're spoiling for a rumble. <laughs> That's, like, hold it in, guys. But the fact that just Diana there is has no sword at all and just goes, you should be proud of this ice cream. And just that, that child, like, mm, it's wonderful. Just lovely moment. Yeah. And... Speaking of little girls, Lyra loved this film. She
5: totally did. She was
0: just wrapped attention the whole way through.
5: Mm.
0: I can't remember a single thing that she like, um, like, fidgeted during. Well, that,
5: that's I, I kept thinking because it's long. Yeah. This, this is not a short movie, and she is still working on her um, her attention span and her ability to focus through through fairly lengthy movies. And I, I was kind of sitting there thinking, is she going to fidget through this bit? Is she not mm. going to be paying attention? Every time I looked at her, she was literally on the edge of her seat, leaning forward. Mm. Just couldn't get enough of it.
0: I love how you said at the end of your review, Bob, it's great, bring the family, because, or bring the kids. Yeah. Because, honestly, the kids, I, little girls I am hoping are going to be as affected by this as kids everywhere were in 1978 when... Christopher Reeve finally flew. Yeah, I I want to believe that little girls specifically will feel like yes, yes, mm. at last, mm. someone like me.
5: It's it's worth noting actually. The the morning before um, we went to see the movie in the afternoon. In the morning, I took Lyra to um, there's a, a museum near us, and they occasionally do. Craft events and things for kids, and they were having a a, a classic superhero art and craft day. They basically supplied you with the materials, and you could go and make Captain America shield or a, an Iron Man mask or, or various other bits and pieces. And they had um, they had templates for a Wonder Woman tiara and gauntlets, and um, to to make a, a Wonder Woman shield and, and other bits and pieces. And we went in there, and there were just like. Maybe half a dozen little girls who'd made themselves Wonder Woman stuff and were running around in the playground outside wearing Wonder Woman crowns and gauntlets and and just you know imitating knocking bells out of each other and it was just <laughs> it was brilliant it was fantastic to watch it was really lovely.
0: I, I will add give Patty Jenkins the Shira movie. We probably need that before <laughs> He Man, frankly, at this point. <laughs> Um, but that's that's the thing we we need. What uh, the point you were making earlier, uh, Laura? There need we need to be in a climate where they can make bad female superhero movie after bad female superhero movie, and no one even considers maybe we should do- stop doing yeah. action films starring girls. We, we that, need, this needs to be the tip yeah. of the iceberg.
6: It, it, this needs to be the starting point that leads us to the eventual point of you can have two or three bad, critically poorly received. Hundred million dollar plus budget female led superhero movies, mm. and that we don't start getting the hot takes of "Oh, is this the death of the female big budget budget blockbuster superhero <laughs> movie?" It's like no, we need to be able to have successes and failures, and not have the entire fate of a genre rest upon it. Mm. Absolutely.
0: Also, I was I think one of the things that bowled me over the most, and I didn't expect it at all. The really good performance from Ewan Bremner. I've never particularly liked seeing him on screen. In fact, often I just go, oh, Ewan Bremner. He's shell-shocked. He's got PTSD. And they're tactful about it, but they don't make any bones about the fact that war is genuinely nightmarish and horrific. They, mm-hmm. I, I was worried that it would be, yay, Wonder Woman's here. Now we can win the First World War. But she's a fighter amongst fighters, She's not the one doing it. This uh, soldier
6: you know. that doesn't want to—he he doesn't want to acknowledge that he stopped being a good soldier. Yeah. But the reality is, yeah, he's great. He's great at shooting people where, because, as a sniper, he's able to not have to think about it. Yeah. But sometimes you 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 stop and think about the fact you're having to kill someone, and that can be a thing that, as it did for him, just he couldn't deal with in that moment, and. It was never made a big thing. It was just, that is what it is. War is hard.
0: Mm. More films where it is acceptable for men to admit that
6: yeah. they have
0: weaknesses, that they like, have fears.
6: There's No one criticizes him for that. No one makes a big deal of it. It's just, nope, we'll find another way. Mm. We're not going to force you says- to take the shot. <laughs>
5: Absolutely. And when she says, you know, when he's, he's all ready to walk away and leave them and she says, "What? Well, who's going to sing for us? The, you know, the idea that there are other things you can do that are supportive and, and worthwhile and, and, you know, just because you can't do the thing that you thought you were mm. meant to do doesn't mean that's it.
0: Mm. So, yeah, excellent job all round for absolutely everybody involved. If we've missed someone or something out. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Rupert Gregson-Williams I think the uh, the score mhm uh, hold on yeah oh. um brother of Harry Gregson-Williams wonderful job he took the uh, Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL which if you listen to it in the original um Batman v Superman track it sort of it does that bit of cacophony and then it's just like drums going doom and it doesn't really go anywhere was like what he's gonna have to like go back to the beginning and start a whole new track somehow he wove into like the wonder woman score and it's it's got delicacy in there and then that theme does come back but it's literally called wonder woman's wrath that's for when she's furious and that's when lyra tapped me and said like that's one of the few things she actually said she went i know that the song is normally annoying but it's right here (laughs) and i was like yeah absolutely right yeah it's 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 not annoying it's just that like it's such a sort of like when she turns up in bvs and it's like (laughs) and she's like sort of like i'm one woman i'm bucking the machine guns and it's it's a badass moment (laughs) but it's had no build-up at all (laughs) And hence your um, hypothesis that she was supposed to be a secret and a surprise. Mm.
5: That Mm. actually, that use of the term badass there, one thing I really appreciated was she comes across not as badass, but as capable.
4: Yeah. Mm. I got pretty badass, but capable works too. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And I say again, folks, go back to... And this is, again, not me just ragging on Batman v Superman. Open up two windows on uh, Google Images. Just uh, type in Wonder Woman Batman v Superman and then Wonder Woman 2017 on the other window and just compare this sort of dark brown armor with this beautiful red, blue, and uh, goldy bronze armor. And um, I I think... We may, in fact, be out of that phase. Even, even with the very Snyderish Justice League, we we may be in, you know, in in stepping into a brighter future. And yeah, couldn't be happier right now. Um, Very happy that uh, there are a lot of people at DC who now seem to be sort of, you know, steering the ship in what might, in fact, be the right direction for a while. If that makes sense.
4: Here's hoping okay yeah
0: Bob where can people find your work and can you recommend something you're very proud of that you've done recently something that you're just like you know what if I want anyone to see or even here, actually if you want to promote the podcast uh, something that I just really really like and, and would like to get out there say so here
4: uh, well, you can find me at uh, every week at uh, geek.com, where I am the uh, the weekly on-staff uh, film critic. You can find uh, my other uh, weekly shows and series on uh, YouTube, at uh, Bob on uh, YouTube, where I do uh, Really That Good, uh, In Bob We Trust, and uh, Game Overthinker. Um, you know, recently, the, the most recent really that good was about The Matrix. Uh, I would appreciate you watching that one just because it took like six months and runs a little over an hour. And uh, so uh, ju- justify the amount of uh, work and sleeplessness that went into that uh, that that behemoth. Uh, my brother and I now have a uh, an intermittent podcast called the Chipman Brothers Tangent, which uh, you can find on Libsyn. I believe it is on iTunes and other uh, services. Uh, you can uh, find that Chipman Brothers uh tangent uh on a google search would uh, should come right up you can find all of my material on um, a uh, which is my uh, the the website where you can find all of my stuff visit the store i didn't even know you had a store i gotta get some stuff
0: okay um and i, I yeah seconded on the matrix thing um watching that i was like right okay so that's everything we were gonna say in our matrix one show uh how, where do we go from here um <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah no that, that, was, that was fantastic and uh, I almost wish you did really that good about films that we're never ever going to do like um, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation like you totally opened my eyes on that film um, because you're a tough act to follow so well no, thank you and Laura, same question. Where can people find you and uh, what recent work are you You're going to have to narrow this one down because you're just the most <laughs> hardworking person on the internet uh, that you're particularly proud of that if you could have everyone see it or hear it, it would be that.
6: Okay, so me and the stuff I do on the internet, you can find me at most places at Laura K. Buzz. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, LauraKBuzz.com. Laura K. Buzz, if there's a service, I'm probably Laura K. Buzz on it other than that you can find most of my gaming coverage is on let's play video games i do a host of podcasts and things across the internet uh summary of some of them i'm on podquisition which is a video game podcast that's a little bit vulgar once a week yeah Uh, i am i am on i am on dice funk which is a uh, weekly real play dungeons and dragons podcast where i play a tiefling bard which is quite fun Um, I am on uh, the Crystal Clodcast, which is a Steven Universe podcast where we're going through uh, the entire show from episode one, five episodes a week, talking about them with the knowledge of what happens later in the show. Uh, Specific things I've done recently, I would suggest people to go look at. Um, I helped write an episode of PBS Idea Channel recently um, called What's the Deal with Fidget Spinners, where we talked about some of the 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 warring conflict going on between the the popularization of fidget spinners as a trendy toy for kids in general at the moment and how mm. they're risking getting banned the pros and cons of their of their popularization for kids with ADHD and autistic spectrum conditions and mm. basically the pros and cons of this fadization of something that's quite a useful mental health aid so I'd say go it's look. It's kind it. of like
0: if all the kids were uh, riding around in electric wheelchairs and then they got banned, well, including pretty... everyone who genuinely needs electric yeah, wheelchairs. Yeah, <laughs> the
6: banning is one issue, but there's also stuff like um, like there is the positive of them becoming a fad means that they are suddenly more cheaply produced and more readily accessible in more places, which makes them accessible for people who need them at a low budget. And but, more culturally acceptable yeah, they're, oh, more culture- well, that's fine. they're more but. culturally accessible Currently but if the fad yeah. dies Does that lead to children who need them For mental health reasons Getting mm. ostracised for continuing to use the thing That's no longer cool there's, Thus there's, compounding an already large problem Yeah so that's like the basic thing Go look at PBS Idea Channel What's the deal with fidget spinners Super proud of how that turned out So that that was a recent thing I helped work on That was turned out really nicely
0: It was excellent. Thank you for doing that one, Laura. And uh, actually, folks, also watch everything else PBS Idea Channel have ever done. Oh, they do so. They're brilliant.
6: They're so often on point.
0: Yeah. One of my dreams is to get Mike onto uh, the show. I'd love to have him on. Yeah. Um, Okay. School of Movies is kept in a state of flourishing life thanks to our patrons who water us with dollars and feedback and enthusiasm every month. Thank you to all of these supporters and in particular to these special supporters. Dan Mayer, Stephen Lowe, Pascal Dooley, Jameis Enright, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, Timothy Green, Mark Louch. David Garcia-Abril, Ben Hayes, Stefan Gardinia, Kieran Datchler, and Lorraine Chisham. Thank you guys so, so much. You are our bread and butter. And we will be back next week with a very different movie starring Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano. Swiss Army Man. It's a commission show. We'd never seen it before. We didn't know we were going to do it. Now we're going to do it and enjoy, folks. <laughs> it's not going to be the same as the Wonder Woman review. We can tell you that right now. Thank you so, so much, Bob Chipman. Oh, thank you. It has been wonderful having you back and uh, hoping to get you back on for Justice League because I'm fairly certain we'll have something to say about that one, too. You're And thank you very much to Laura K.
6: It's always a pleasure.
0: Hoping to get you back on to talk about, frankly, anything, because it's always great to have you talking about it,
6: stuff. I will always come on and talk about stuff. Stuff is my bread and butter. <laughs>
0: Okay, um, so this month we've done bonus review podcasts on King Arthur, Alien Covenant, Pirates of the Caribbean 5, and this week we're doing M. Night Shyamalan's Split. These are bonus podcasts. They're, what, nearly an hour each? And these are exclusively for those who support us for five bucks or more on Patreon. Join that tier. You can get access to a whole swathe of content that you're otherwise missing. I have been Alex Shaw.
5: I've been Sharon Shaw.
0: And...
4: School's out.